0: But oh, yeah. Hi, Ron. I should say that. Yeah, live. Absolute live. I'm just going to check all the audio is working. It yeah. seems to be absolutely fine. That absolutely is absolutely wonderful. Ben is in the chat. Your uh, your muse, your flame. Well, muse my muse, my flame. My
1: inspiration. Ben, your Benji. Inspiration? Benji Kong.
0: Yes. Maxi
1: which Bon. Like, which is like Maxi Bon. Maxi Bon and
0: Benji Kong. Maxi Bon. Maxi Bon and Benji Kong. You can't say that three times quick. I bet you Maxibon
1: can't. Maxi Bon and anyway. Benji Kong. going to No, yeah, I give up.
0: That's terrible. That's awful. Um, talk us through your musical choices, mate. My musical well,
1: choices. Um, okay, so I need to remember them. Um,
0: Do you want me okay. to read them off for you? No, um,
1: you can read them out just as a, as a, you know, for the audience.
0: I'll, I'll read them out for the audience. So you had, um, I'm not going to say that one because that will ruin it for the end, but you picked Delusionist. <laughs> Only joking. Sorry, Benny didn't. <laughs> uh, he ate some uh, Fall in Love by Slum Village. Yeah, banger. Oh, it is banger, yeah. Yeah, absolute banger. Uh, man by Skepta banger certified yeah. that's a certified banger how soon is now or six minutes of it by the smiths yeah. did you really do the, the full version I guess there's only one version um, you put it in, there. I, I put did put it in there.
1: there I did put it in there I did put it in there you're right it's my fault
0: uh, a, a place for my head Linkin Park we missed someone out but did we not we play that oh, we didn't have time that's because it was a six minute six minute song was six minutes Swiss song. It was your fault, uh, and yeah, that was it. So talk us through. You were trying to create a vibe. That's what you said.
1: I wasn't trying to create a vibe. More, I was trying to follow the vibe that had already been set up by the playlist that, as it existed, by song with songs uh, that I like still. Um okay. But then, like I say, I gave up sort of like three songs in and ended up just putting in The Smiths and Linkin Park. Um, the Smiths is, is just is a band that um, I remember when I got to about sort of sixteen and started hanging out with maybe more alternative people and they were all like, I love the Smiths and they all drank coffee and all that kind of stuff. And I'd like the Smiths because it was something my mum had uh introduced me to as a kid. She always had like all of the, the CDs and the vinyls and stuff in, in a drawer. So I'd always listen to the Smiths. It was it was either like uh the Smiths one of the Smiths albums, I can't remember what it is now, um the Oh God. Oh, or it was Abba were like two of the sort of CDs that were always like playing in the car or or whatever. Um but How Soon Is Now is just the one that I like the most out of all the Smith songs because it is so weird and different and it's just like a a very unique sound Um.
0: never got into them I I struggled with them yeah yeah I think I was um, because it was like that Mancunian kind of sound a bit more so than like the Liverpool kind of indie and that kind of scene that we had Uh, loads of my mates were really really into it but I was just more like I thought I was like elitist. I was like really into like the new indie side scene. Oh, I was yeah, like, no, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not into the Smiths. And I go to like this little bar in town called Lobato. Go downstairs and they be playing the Smiths. i would be like, Smiths. <laughs> and I was that guy. I was like, didn't like the Beatles. Didn't like the Smiths. So I thought Billy Big Balls. Yeah. But. I was, shine, key, yeah. I was the kid. I was
1: the kid who didn't like Eminem when growing up, but I did like The Smiths. So I was, you know, yeah. But that was only because it was something my mom introduced me to, and you know, there are other bands that my was introduced me to since, like uh System of a Down. I was introduced to you by my mom. Uh-huh. It's a band <laughs> that I really like and have I have always liked since. And I've actually had the opposite effect when I met loads of people when I sort of became older and I was hanging out with less sort of like alternative, sort of like skate park people, and more like people that are still my friends now. You know. Um, that who have become long term friends and they're already in system of it down and I was like okay I found my people instead of it being um, oh I like the, if, are these are the kind of people who like the Smiths am I coming across as one of those kind of people um, but yeah how soon is now that's why I chose that one uh, hmm. place in my head Linkin Park Linkin Park is you asked this question to Ben on on the, um, his episode and it made me think about it and there's only like always been like one answer what is the the um, defining album or like the what was the word you used?
0: it's like kind of uh i'm trying to think of the right way but it's not seminal but what we should kind of it begins with an f it's one that like formulates you yeah, it's not okay, that word. yeah you know yeah. what i mean i can't think of the word somebody in the chat got to help me out well but, i think
1: so for me that album has always been in hybrid theory um yeah because yeah. i remember i still remember now it was the year 2001 i was like eight years old nine years old um went camping with my dad my brother uh my uh, my uncle and my cousin and i think it was raining and they were setting up the tent and i was just not into that at all so i sat in my uncle's car um they had a they had a, t- a cd player in there and there was this mm. album that you know i'd never heard of um linkin park before it was something that had been played i think in my mom's car before she had sort of she had like a mixtape that had them on there right. um but it wasn't something that i had ever like sat down and listened to but i listened sat down there while they were putting the tent up and i listened to the whole album and i was like this is amazing this is incredible and i, I you know i listened I, I then bought my own version of the cd it played while well, i was playing playstation it was always playing next to me um mm. it's just one of those albums that sort of shaped my taste in music going forward you know i'm very much into hip-hop or you know or, or things that have rapping in them i guess um and i'm also into sort of heavier stuff and linkin park was that mm. uh where the, the two might have forked off because that album sort of introduced me to, to the two of them in a way. And I always say that whenever I play a song like Linkin Park and people at work are like, or wherever I might be, are like, oh, no, we don't want none of this screamo or heavy stuff. And In my head, the, the baseline for what is heavy, anything heavier than Linkin Park is heavy. Anything less heavy than Linkin Park isn't heavy. He- Linkin Park is like the, <laughs> the the neutral pH for me.
0: Um, I remember doing um a little kind of like show and tell in school. I think it was in an English lesson. God knows what the fuck was going on in high school for English, but we had to talk about something we we're like passionate about and it was um uh I chose like a Nickelback album. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Silver Side yeah. Up. yo yeah, yeah, come on mate Silver Side yes. Up. And it was like Too Bad, Too Bad, too, bad, too, late, too late, too long. Come so like, <laughs> <a little laughs> yes. on, yes. on, everybody. And it went around like <laughs> all of it. And bearing in mind, this is for me. This like pretty well-to-do school where everyone like kind of sounds like me, uh, not proper scousers. And then yeah, there's yeah, kids yeah. in the class that are dead cool, putting in a scouse <laughs> accent. I won't name names. Um, will be fucking find out anyway. But yeah, I won't name names. But anyway, one of the girls, um, kind of like shouted out, "Oh, this is just a smelly band," <laughs> and that was what it was called. <laughs> In, in Liverpool, it was like if you were it's into kind of down heavy down. metal or anything that remotely had a riff in it, you were a smelly. That's um, And anyway, I, I found great joy in the fact that then she turned into a smelly Excellent. several years after that. The Grebo uh, gets them all, mate. Everyone everyone has their Grebo phase. Mate, that's it. Too Bad by Knuckleback, it, it changed her. I think at that point in time, it, it moved her forward. But I kind of found out I was always really into having a riff in a song. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I don't just mean like a you know decent guitar riff and something, but... Whether it's, like, you, you chose Skepta before, some of the beats that Skepta selects for mm-hmm. songs are, like, Just, like, phenomenal. a melody kind of thing, going through yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. If there's something to it, if there's a hook, mm-hmm. uh, I tend to find myself gravitating towards very it. Much, very just much the same like, as you. Why we said before, it's, like, really eclectic, and you seem to be the same.
1: So. Yeah, there's, Yeah, there like, there's... You know, there, I, I say that... If someone said, what's your favourite genre, I would just, like, I'd have to say, oh, it's got to be either hip-hop, or it's, you know, I would just pick a genre out of it. Whoever, whoever I'm saying told to would to them, why not say a genre, because... There isn't really a favourite genre I have. I just know what I like when I hear it, and sometimes I'll hear something be like that sounds really nice, and no one else will like it, you know. And I'll be like, that sounds really good to me, so I'm going to keep playing it, keep listening to it, and finding things that sound like this. Um, but also, like like I said earlier before we were recording, um, like a weird beat or like a choppy beat or. You know, like uh, just like I just like it when something clever's done or when something sounds good, um, which I guess is just why people listen to music in the first place. But I don't like the whole, uh, like I said earlier, I don't like Eminem, and I find a lot yeah. of people who try and emulate and be Eminem when they're make, doing their own rapping, mm. do it with those kinds of really repetitive beats, where it's the same sort of thing over and over and over, and and, and it just, I you know, I like it when a beat changes halfway through or there's like a, mm. a change in stuff, you know.
0: Um, it's trying. It's difficult to try and find that as well and i think like you're i'd be quite interested to know what your like new music process is to try and find new things because you're pretty into your fashion um has been known. that is a compliment as well max Thank that's the so first I'm one of the, the evening so we'll yes. chalk that off usually on a podcast it's the other way around we're taking the piss out of each other but <laughs> i'll give you a compliment um and you're a fashionable chap you're a well-dressed man uh, you, you know what you're doing so i'm curious to know like where does that kind of where you where you defining that zeitgeist for yourself? Where you getting that new idea, whether it's a new song or whether it's a new kind of like style taste? What's your uh, what's your funnel? Ooh, so like in term as well. Oh yeah, what is what is my funnel?
1: Uh, let's let's oh. uh, let's double back and uh, come back to that. Oh, no, so I I can't. I don't think I've ever um, lined up how I look and what I listen to the same way. I never line up um, the sort of games I like and how I look. I try not to create a. Uh, uh, don't like being judged by what people see you know I, I don't like um which obviously is it's hard to do but i don't like someone looking at me and being like okay that guy's a gamer because i'm wearing a game t-shirt mm. or oh that guy um is wearing a band t-shirt or something like that i don't know there's just something i, I like how i look and who i am to be different things um i only it's own very, sort um... of like
0: Sorry, man. I was going no, to say it's go- a very Kanye approach to shit as well because he, he is quite vanilla in the way that he dresses mm. and like, mm-hmm. all right, the guy, the guy wears like four hundred dollar t-shirts yeah, and shit. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I can see that approach.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't often wear. I have a, like two game related t-shirts. One's got Game Boy Color written across it, which I got as a present, and one is when Parker from Fnax Four was at, uh, PAX East a couple of years ago or PAX mm. West. Where is he? East. PAX East. Uh, and they were showing off for One Hundred One remastered and I was like, right, Get me a okay. t shirt, give me a t shirt, send it over. It ended up costing me like forty five quid for this T shirt like, I don't even know where it is anymore. Um, but those are the only two like game related T shirts I ever own. Every time I get a T shirt, uh, from like a pre order I end up just giving it away kind of thing. Um, so so looping back to what the actual question was. Um, in terms of music I I don't often try and link the two. There have been times. So when I where I've been into like uh, heavy into like trainers and I've been to like training conventions kind of things and they're always mm. playing hip hop music and and there's always a sort of a a style around those kinds of people you know um they are very much into into their hats into their sort of streetwear brands into their workwear brands like carhartt or dickies and stuff like that um Mm. and there is there is an aesthetic there is a look there that i do like um but i quite happily go to a a heavy metal event dressed the same sort of way do you know what i mean i have i have done i have done in the past you know been to to things like uh, what's the what's the night called in London? Uh, face down, I think it's called Face down. There's like a, a um, pop punk, but also kind of hardcore night, and I'll happily sort of go in in what I would wear to anywhere else. You know, um, new music is is a tough one though. I don't actually know where I would wear. I've just been thinking about it the whole time I've been talking, which is very difficult for me. But where I don't even know where I would. I like. I think I just hear something and I'll I'll say to someone, "What is this?" Like earlier when you played that mm. song at the start, I was like, "What is this?" I will now go ahead and. Look into that and look what else they're yeah. doing and who they've been, you know, making stuff with. Um, recently, I've been sharing songs with someone, not really in sort of a, a, the sort of stuff I've been listening to a lot recently, but some, you know, nicer mm. stuff, more mellow stuff, stuff to sort of relax to. And I've discovered some new bands and some new people that I've never, you know, never heard of. Rex Orange County before, hadn't really dealt in uh, unknown Morse Law Orchestra before, but these are now bands that I like listening to and would gladly like listen to some of their other stuff um but i don't really have a processor i don't i'm not a person that goes and sees a lot of live music if i don't know who it is um mm. I've been to a few like grime nights and they'll play stuff but like nights nights like that where it's people you don't know playing songs that don't have like a list underneath it and there's no playlist you can go back to after you just lose a lot of it um, yeah yeah. yeah. And it's always like what's that song called like, i'm never going to hear that song again because it's going to annoy me um so yeah
0: yeah it's weird i think with that as well i'm not really a. So I used to I'll, I'll play in bands a lot. So I'd be out on a gig and I kind of listen to other bands and you get to know their music. But I never really. There was always like a level up from the bands that I played with, you know, where it was like, it was great to kind of like hear their music and you'd appreciate mm-hmm. their kind of like, um, the technique and everything on the night or the actual lyricist or whatever it might be. However, it never resonated on that night. I never really found a band that was like, fucking hell, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I never played with, um, Yes, anyone anyone absolutely massive I'm not going to name drop now because I know you'll probably start rinsing me. Um, <laughs> it was interesting yeah, when
1: um <laughs> when you brought up last week or two weeks ago with Ben that you'd been in a band because I didn't know that. I didn't know that you mm-hmm. uh, I obviously knew there was there was an element of um being musical in, in you. I didn't realize you were actually in a band though. What kind of thing did you play or do? It you was play? like a
0: heavy indie. Um okay. I I I loved it and I used to play in a band with Pete who I started this podcast with originally going like 4 years 3 years ago, something like that um and he was a drummer in the band i played guitar sang um write the theme tune sing the theme tunes. <laughs> I, I loved writing but my lyrics were shite and that's where i was like speaking to ben last week like i've got that admiration for him but yeah it's similar to what we've been speaking about i always wanted to write that riff i always wanted to write something that i could listen back to and be chuffed with yeah but i only ever found myself getting bored of the music that I was playing i yeah. was like i need to improve it i need to improve it, it needs to get better um and sadly i I carry that with me in the podcast as well yeah i'm always like i need to improve i need to put a different overlay i need to do another logo i need to it's like kind of like moving forward kind of vibe and it kind of killed off that band fun for me so the project itself um as much as it's like i've got great mates there and you know to bits but yeah the project itself kind of like ran out um but yeah I, i enjoy it i've got obviously the acoustic now that uh Mainly just play to Jesse now and again, and play the odds tune to him. But it's. I'm um, pretty sure you yeah.
1: owe us a song as well, don't you? You owe us a song from from November. I'm pretty sure. I Don't remember hearing anything.
0: I can't remember doing that actually because Ethan paid for that, didn't he? he That's did. a good point. Yeah,
1: I put my heart and soul into
0: that. Shit, I did actually try and record it about four times after it. You know, we played the um, the main November night. Oh yeah, yeah. I tried to record four songs after it, but I was too hammered, and I was like, "I'm not singing very <laughs> well. This is embarrassing." <laughs> Trying to get reverb on my voice, I was like, "This, yeah, I, yeah. Can't, I can't do it. It's absolutely fucking awful." Um, what was the song? So what was yeah. the song you were trying to do? Uh, the Elvis song, can't help falling in love.
1: Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, well, I hopefully that, that one. might be a, a thing I hear in the future. Then hopefully.
0: Yeah, yeah, it sounded like a 10-second clip, and I'm actually quite disappointed that you don't remember it, but it shows how memorable oh. my singing was. No, yeah. I probably
1: just didn't hear it, mate. If I, if I, if I, Disgraceful. If I'd heard it, I'd have remembered it, Dan, because I'd have brought it up a million times to spite you. you.
0: definitely would have, and you would have overlaid it on something and then taken <laughs> the piss out of. Um, so that's actually a really good thread to kind of pull on because that's something I think we've always had in common, that we've got that same style of humour, mm-hmm. where it's like self-deprecating, and you can also deliver a uh, knockout blow as well with with the jokes that you do where the fuck has that come from because i know where it's come from from my side but i'm curious now where you've kind of do you have like a ruthless group of mates that you've just always been around or have you just been especially quick what's the i think
1: yeah i mean like we've always had that i mean like like most groups of mates do everyone sort of ribs each other but i think there's so i um have a a learning difficulty called dyspraxia, which when i uh, well sort of died out when I was about fourteen mm. and it's sort of hand eye coordination it's it's organization it's clumsiness things like that um, but i've always found one of the sort of things from that has always been tactlessness that that I just say things as soon as they come into my mind, and I do think that sometimes I do come up with things quite quickly and or I'll come up with an idea and I'll try and like execute it very quickly There'll be times when be like, i've i 've got a really good way to rinse down. And I'll have to record something, and that that definitely comes from um, just being sort of quicker. But like being able to, like you say, like deliver like a blow. Sometimes you know, sometimes I do say things that are quite harsh, but I I often have to then pair that with something to say about myself to balance it out, you know, or let you let you know give you give you a a, a, an attack back, you know, give you a suitable in,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to be suitable. I think. Um, it's interesting that because I think I can see it happening at times when I can see, almost see your brain working on the pod, and you've got something, and it's like you're instantly reviewing, going, "Can I say that? Is that <laughs> all right? Is that too much?" And then you'll <laughs> see it either come out or um yeah, it'll get vetted and then dumped to a, a background where I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. very familiar with. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's yeah, that's. I mean, that's it. That is the process Like, I just think of things all the time. I'm always just thinking of things. I'm always like, I, I find it really hard to do nothing. I said this song recently where. I feel like if I'm not doing anything, I'm wasting time. And that's yeah. very much how my mind works in that, like, if I'm doing the same task, like, at work, for example, if I'm doing a task that I think is quite mundane, I'm doing the same thing over and over, my mind's like, what else could I be doing right now? What are there? Is there anything, check this, check this, check this, do that, do that. And that works all the time as well when I'm, even when I'm sitting here talking to people or if I'm sit- talking to someone, I'm always, there's always just other things happening in my head and I find it really hard to focus and shut down. I always mm. find it hard to concentrate. Always, I'm always, always daydreaming as a kid, um, and I think I'm always sort of like three steps ahead of myself when I when I when I say something, I already know the response I'm going to give to their response, kind of thing. Sometimes, which is not, you know, sometimes it's hard that way because it's like the other day I got in from work and I was tired, and I ended up just sitting with my earphones in, listening to music. I think I tweeted about this that I just sat and did nothing for mm. like four hours, to listening to music and did nothing. I never do I'm always like right okay I've got to do this I know I've got to do this I've got to do this for someone else I've agreed to something to someone else I know I've got to send this tonight I've got to do this for Morgan all these things I do and I've agreed to do um, but it was nice to try and just shut off but it just you know doesn't happen all the time um, I've lost my train of Does it of happen when now.
0: you go away? No I was going to say does it happen if you go away and go on holiday or is if you ever found anything where you can be zen or is it just <sighs> almost emotion that is your relaxation Holidays, depending on what uh, you're doing
1: yeah, holidays for me have always been, you know, go with the family, and we would always go to like, uh, um, it would seem to be like, a, like an all inclusive thing, which, which, you know, stopped happening after a while. And we would be like a hotel or a villa, something like that. And I always say, when I think back to certain holidays, I think about the idea I came up with at that holiday, because I've always thinking about something else. But it's never ideas of like, I'm gonna do this thing. When I mean, it was actually there was a point when I where I was about sort of seven, six fifteen, sixteen when I was trying to get into making games and I was learning how to use game maker and I was doing the pixel art for stuff for it and trying to come up with ideas. And there's probably like the the three talk sort of the three holidays between like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen where I can think of the game that I spent the entire two weeks thinking about this game idea, trying to flesh it out in my head, and then it would be dropped by sort of like Christmas time because I just didn't have the attention span for it. But then next summer I'd be on holiday nothing to actually do so my mind would start wandering again I'd then come up with something else um, and I, yeah, I, I don't know I find sometimes I find thinking and just being able to think is, is my relaxation sometimes you know, I don't, I'm not one of those people who can sit around a pool and do nothing I have to be listening yeah. to music playing something or something else um,
0: yeah I know that feeling I'm, I, I like a beach it's fine for maybe a day mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then and even then that day has to be split out across five <laughs> I'm not like <laughs> I can't just sit on the beach and yeah. read a book it yeah, just yeah. doesn't feel conducive to me enjoying myself like i like um some of the best holidays i've had of like going around venice and seeing museums and drinking and eating and
1: they are the best holidays they are the best best holidays. it's doing things you know not i'm not one of those people who likes to do things to such a regiment that it's like every hour of the holidays filled with things it's nice to have downtime in times where you're just like we'll just sit around the pool but that sitting around a pool is either me swimming or i'll be playing something on the switch or has been for recently you know or, or i'm No, it's never just sort of sitting in the sun and thinking of nothing it's always like i have this space of time where i don't have to do work or anything that i've agreed to do whether it be you know podcast wise or writing wise or all the things that i I do and having free time is quite nice um it's just i never spend it doing fuck all
0: (laughs) i think that's um do you find it improves your kind of professional outlook as well
1: no, <laughs> no, That's interesting. I, I always worry at work that I'm not, either I'm not doing enough or not showing what I'm doing enough. Mm. Or like I said to you earlier, that there are times when I'll, I'll, a whole day will have gone by and I'll be like, well, what the hell did I even do that day? And where we, in the morning it'll be, you know, what did you do? I'm sure you're very familiar with, what did you do yesterday? What are you yep. doing today? And School. sometimes, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Stand yeah. up, morning stand up. Every single, every single day it's, what did you do yesterday? I'm like. Well, hang on. So I have to go through and like consult. You know, what have I actually outdated? What have I actually written down? What have I given work to other people to do and then checked back? Because I just don't, you know, I can't picture. And I had an mm-hmm. appraisal recently uh, with someone um, that I'd hired, and when one of like the the part of the appraisal, I was like, "So, do you have any feedback for for me and my boss? You have any for us?" Mm-hmm. And her feedback was, "Oh, it would be nice to know what it is that you two do, um, so I have a greater understanding of the business." Yeah. And I was, and then I immediately started panicking because I was like what do i do, what do, I what do I actually, like, you don't I'll, know me you don't know me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get out. i was like i was like what do i do like oh uh and, like, and i just couldn't think of it um yeah i don't know it's, it, i, I that's think fucking difficult you know? yeah i think more recently where we've been adding you know things like uh The agile process into the business and Mm. breaking things down into sprints and into groups and things like that which is all very boring stuff for everyone that's not into project management like you are daniel let's get into it (laughs) well we've been introducing that into the business and i've been it's so much better being able to see okay i need to do i have this many hours in a week this many i have this many these many tasks Mm. to do in this two-week period and if something doesn't get done we know that all that all that matters is all that means is we know what we can do next time, and that I like. I've really enjoyed that process the last couple of weeks, or the last week. How long it's been now, which is we've, we've only recently introduced it. But I feel more productive in that way than I do if I had to do my usual thing. Like you said, working out of an inbox, working yeah. off of a list, because things just get lost in the 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 fuzz, the haze. And also, I'm also one of those people who likes to try and keep up with what's going on on Twitter, in the in the news, in the world all the time as well. It gets quite exhausting. So having something more regimented is really helping me in that way but that doesn't work that's not who i am as a person so i I wouldn't say that that me being constantly thinking about the next thing ever helps me at work if anything it hinders me because i'm always thinking about the next thing that isn't work you know when i'm at home i'm always thinking about work i'm at work i'm always (laughs) thinking about home there's no i'm never focused on the one thing i need to be focused on
0: so you'd Um, say i think probably the way that you operate anyway is like use that work inducing enough but it's it's like literally um the most obvious uh type of creative that you can get where they are really scatterbrained they look at different things, you know, they're constantly on the move. Um, would you kind of identify that as yourself from a creativity perspective? Or
1: I would always call myself a wannabe creative because as much as that is that does sound exactly like me, there's just not I don't have the output that a creative would have. I don't you know, I have All these ideas and all these things that I start and all these things that I—I always I say things that I agree to do because I've got all these different projects that I've said, "Yeah, I'll do that." Oh, you need some help with that? I'm glad help with that. And I think I can do it all. And then it comes to it, and I just can't fit it all in. Um, so I've got all these things I want to do, and all these things I've always wanted to do. You know, whether it be, um, the sort of pixel art thing, like the stuff that I do, or wanting to help someone um, with their social media stuff that they want to do that's their project mm. they want to ask for my help on and I always go yeah I can do that because I just want to help them Yeah. But, but I just don't I feel like I can never put that out, out. and it's been, you know, it's been good doing things like podcasts with you and podcasts with Luke Potts and with Fanatics 4 because it's a regimented time that's when we're doing it that's who mm. we're doing it with um, this is what we're talking about but when it comes down to me managing myself and me managing my own creative process I can never sort of like because the only person I've then got disappointed is myself I just yeah. don't sort of finish these things. Like questionable takes, I really—I would love to. Well, we've discussed this as well already, but I'd love to be able to pick that up and take. You know where I was last year with it when I was mm-hmm. so with it, and I had all these plans, and I spoke to a bunch of people about it, and it was all happening. And then when things started to slow down um, last year, because it's hard trying to build a podcast where you, because it was just me doing it myself, and my plan was mm-hmm. to build it around guests, around people that I wanted to speak to about certain topics. But when the when the guests sort of start to be too busy or drop off, it can be quite disheartening when you book something in and then the day comes and you don't hear anything and it's like well that's fine they're probably busy but then weeks pass weeks months pass etc. Yeah, I'd love to be able to sort of pick that back up, but because of the way that I have been with it, it just gets left and it's the same with art projects I've done, game projects I've done, things just get left too often because I just can't. Um, I don't know, often, I often don't see things to their conclusion which is it's frustrating. It's a very frustrating way to be. I think I always get frustrated with myself when I look back on like missed opportunities.
0: Um it's probably an argument there that you need to be a little bit more selfish. I think possibly, that's something that um I mean I've had from my um I was going to say my line manager but you know the people I work really close with that I respect immensely, you know the um they gave me that feedback quite early on and said like you you can't put your hand up as much. And I think with the the group that we've got, I always have that. And Ben and I spoke about it. You know, I've always had that kind of ownership and mm-hmm. fundamental kind of right. I'm anchored to this. The responsibility is mine. I need to do all the pods. That got me to the point of being immensely fucking frustrated a lot of the time and being like, well, no one's putting half as much effort in as me. So therefore, you know, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, which is completely the wrong attitude to have. Um, which I knew. However. Sure. I think where it got to, m- got to me most in a good way was when I started doing this, you put more into it. Mm-hmm. And I think questionable takes, I probably reversed the advice that I gave you in the past. I'd love to have it as part of like the podcast group that we've got. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it needs to be, Max. I think you, you will put more into it and probably execute more creatively if you were to keep it separate. Because at least then you've got your outlet, then you've got your baby that you can actually put that, you know, you had four hours the other night where you listened to music, two of them could have been spent on it mm. then you probably would have got something in a good way um and as much as i you know i really want to get more guests on in the future and approach people outside of our circle i've also thought well after doing desert island carts and getting like really big names on and well ish names you know lovely people on big uh, that, that big, big names pear schneider <laughs> name drop um and ben congleton name drop but these guys that kind of apparently that's my name
1: as well by the way if you look at the twitch feed my name is also ben is it oh fuck that what's that
0: no no it says episode too much right on my twitch no no if you look
1: at at the look at the the overlay
0: on what overlay oh yeah it says ben (laughs) I've just picked up on that now. I'll change that. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Well, I um, said about seven minutes post.
1: ago, but we were talking, so I didn't want to bring it
0: up. I oh, found my I'm in. Disgraceful <laughs> I'm gonna change that now. I know, yeah, that makes me feel <laughs> worse. But the point I was trying to make, Max Go on, sorry mate, not, carry on. Not not Max. Um, is that we you know, you do need to be selfish at times, I think, to be able to kind of push forward with something that like you care about, otherwise it just won't get traction. Yeah. Simply. Um and if it's an idea that you've got a lot of value in and that you, know, like you think will be a starter then why wouldn't you it's
1: still something i really believe in um because i think i think one of the things that i mean people have said this to me before that the thing i do best sometimes is pull people out of their shells and make them feel included and that's what i wanted from that was that i would be the the person who's running it and that i'd pick a person who's already got their own thing going on but that we could have a conversation and that i could get enough out of them so yeah. that they would like have fun on it as well as like actually be interesting to watch as well you know I wanted the guests um, you know ben said he enjoyed it a lot when he was on there you and also um yeah. said the same um and, but you know it's, it's hard to how do you make it unique and i think you i think it's kind of like you have got a good system here where it's just talking you know it's just talking about mm. things whereas I, I put a lot of effort into questionable takes both the episodes in, like, okay, what's the game we're gonna play? What's the, how are we gonna mm. block this out? What are the jokes I'm gonna make? You know all that stuff. And I think a lot of something like this where it's just talking. I'm sure you've got planning done, because obviously you've got questions you, you're asking. Oh, you just off the top of your head, yeah. You?
0: Off the top of my head, yeah, most of it. I've got like genuinely. I'll show you what I have got. Um, sorry, so, so yeah, wrong name. People attack me. Uh, <laughs> I I literally got five different items on there. That kind of. Oh yeah. Oh mate.
1: Whoa. Hang on. I don't want to. Don't want to see them. It's like ruin it. You can see it later now. You can
0: prove that they're actually on there. Oh yeah. yeah, Okay. Yeah. 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 A couple of things. A couple of things on there that I think are really important. But ultimately, I I don't know. I've always been really, really good. Like my my whole like career was getting thrown into really awkward situations. Like first off, I was uh, my my kind of like graduate job was walking up and down taxi ranks in Preston. Um, speaking to tax drivers getting details for real oh, okay. that was it oh okay and I had to yeah, get like yeah. I had to get 60 a week I thought you meant like um, dress, dressed
1: in fishnets and a, and a, and a miniskirt like. that's all ha ha I've got you and then <laughs> run away. I, I'm
0: very creative in the way that I did it Max um, <laughs> you wouldn't have known uh, yeah so and then I had to move across like multiple cities and open branches and look after some of the branches that we've got um, so it meant that whenever I was going to those areas I was trying to keep a routine going so playing five side I'd so go and join a club and I'd make like loads of friends. We lived mm-hmm. in Leeds for like a year. Did the same thing there. Made a, a load of good mates. Um, Birmingham, you know, Reading, like all these kind of different areas where I was thrust into that. So I kind of like thought the premise of that and the way that I could talk to people there and being an awkward fucking knobhead like I probably yeah. am on most of the podcasts that I do. Oh, like, it just is. That. Thanks, mate. But... <laughs> Uh, cheers ben um but <laughs> from my side of things like it's the best way to actually get to know people is to mm-hmm. kind of have that awkward moment let them kind of know that you oh yeah dan's literally vacant in the way that it will speak to you it doesn't matter what type of person you are he just wants to know about you yeah, yeah. um yeah i think that kind of works so but questionable takes so what was the premise of it so you got a game i know i wasn't invited on so i don't really know
1: well i didn't know you then uh Mm-hmm. So the, You're on my list. You are on my list, though. Um, what list? I hit list. No, list. I, I had a list, a list of people I wanted to do episodes with at a certain point when I sort of came up with the idea. Um, it, you know, it was so I, Like I said to you before, it was inspired by Ben mostly. Um, and hmm. Ben's probably in the chat now being all me. But it was when Hades came out and I realised I didn't have an outlet to speak about it. There wasn't a okay. way that I could do a 45-minute talk on Loot Pots, who I was doing a lot with at the time. Podcast-wise, there wasn't a way they were going to give me 45 minutes to just talk about Hades. Um, mm. Same way, you know, I, I just didn't have that sort of space. Or oh, Fnatic 4 as well, I was doing podcasts with them, but, you know, I would only yeah. ever be able to do five minutes on it. But I wanted to have this discussion with people, and the game was happening at the time, and I wanted to be talking about it. I wanted Wanna to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I was really enjoying it. And, but I, I saw Ben was enjoying it, and I and I know that Ewan had uh, reviewed it quite highly, so I reached out to Ben and just... Well, I think we were just talking... A, generally about the game where we were and stuff. And I think I just messaged him something like, "Oh mate, I want to talk about this. I want to get a podcast together." And he sort of gave me a couple of ideas um, shit. Uh for names. Um <laughs> and there they there were, they were some pretty good ones in there because they were, you know, it was the I was coming up with the premise. But it was something that Pete had said, um Pete Bessie from Potts has mm. said that he always says to me that my my, my takes are a question of I'll, I'll say something like about 2D Mario and he'll be like, "Nah, that's rubbish." So I was sort of inspired to make maybe like not in like a what's your what's your unpopular opinion kind of way, just in like a what would be an interesting um premise for a podcast, and it'd be like you you, you make the take, you know you make a, a point, then you spend mm. forty five minutes justifying it and Hades was a good launch point for that because to say that something that's so new and um, in, a, in a, a genre as full. As roguelikes and how the competitive. you know so many games yeah, coming out yeah. all the time. It's so competitive, that's the So many coming out all the time. So many really beloved ones: Moonlighter, uh, Dead Cells. Mm. So for, for us to to say, and we did say on the podcast, we definitively did say this is the best roguelike game, mm. and this is the b- best game of the year as well. We also agreed on, and that was that was really where that came from. And I wanted to, you know, I had all these ideas of games I wanted to talk about, topics I wanted to talk about, and people I wanted to talk about them with. Um, the episode that. I think started the the downfall for me that the, where I didn't believe in the idea as much was um, one of the first ones I ever came up with. And one of the first things I agreed to do before it became questionable takes I was trying to get something else on the go was me and John Cartwright had agreed to sit down, list out all the Metroid games, and then rank them from one to fifteen. How many there are now? In order, and we'd argue over what ones the the best one. <laughs> and that was like the premise that sort of was the whole idea for what we were going to mm. do, and then we'd book something in, never happened. Book something in, never happened. Book something in. Day came around, disappeared. Um, a couple of days later, we put back up, and at that point, I was just like, okay, maybe it's not going to happen. Then um, mm. I brought it up awkwardly when we did our November stream, and it, <laughs> and it got again got completely ignored. So I was like, this is obviously isn't something that's going to happen. And That's when it started to unravel in my head as maybe this isn't going to work if I'm setting it up to be entirely based on having a guest on the topic because
0: yeah.
1: because it, it so so it hinges on people that maybe aren't as interested in it as I am mm-hmm. that it starts to, to sort of fall apart um, and it, like I said it's something I'd love to pick back up again at some point if if and when
0: mm. So what's your hottest questionable take or your most recent one that's um, uh, that's been burning <clears> a hole
1: I mean this isn't burning a hole I tell all the time 2D Mario isn't fun Never has been fun. I've never enjoyed a two D Mario game. <laughs> even as a kid, I was like, "This is trash." And even as a kid who then loved Mario Sunshine, Mario sixty four, um, mm. love Mario Odyssey. If I then go and try and pick up a two D Mario game, I'm not having any fun. They're just not interesting. They're not. Uh, what's the I'm looking for? They're not. What's the word I'm looking for? Intuitive. there. Yeah. There's no like fun variety in gameplay. It's all very formulaic, and it just blows my mind that it's like the most popular form of Mario. That these games are like the best-selling Mario games, Hmm. um, and and that there are so many of them. And it then blows my mind even more when Nintendo releases Super Mario Bros. U again, the same game again, and it sells better than the original. And you know that's all time they could have spent making a new 2D Mario game. Because in my head, this didn't take a lot of effort to sort of take the same. (laughs) It's an ice world. It's a desert world. It's a. It's a. I don't know. It's the Mushroom Kingdom again. You know. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm not one
0: it. of those Sorry, go on. no, I was going to say we're well, justifying it based on based on the based on the question we'll take Like, is there is there an example of 2D platforming that you think is better than 2D Mario?
1: Yeah I think that uh, and I'm, I'm not talking in like roguelike metrovania or anything like that I'm yeah, talking yeah. just straight up platforming Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is one that I think okay. does it in such a way because every level tells a story every level um, world, that is, sorry, tells a story. So every level tells its own story, like a small, you know, you go from A to B. But then each of those levels becomes part of a a whole world. So there's the world, I always bring up the one example of, there's the world where you start off in the jungle with all the fruit and you're in the fruit uh, chopping down bit, all the fruit's being chopped down, you're jumping through, and then you're in the juicing plant, all the fruit's being squeezed and juiced, and then you're in the freezing, where they're freezing (laughs) it all, and then it's turned to jelly, and you're bouncing on all the jelly and... There's just that. Oh, sorry, it goes the other way around. Jelly, then to ice. So you're in the jelly, and then they turn that into ice, and that then leads you into the ice level at the end. But that whole process of seeing the, you're you're going through this whole fruit being cut down, turned into ice thing, and the way that each of the levels has its own unique gameplay element of, oh, you're swimming through juice, or there's this big juicing robot chasing you down, or you're bouncing on the jelly things to get from A to B, or you're sliding along the ice, and the ice blocks are falling and they can crush you. It's just so clever. And I don't think that's the sort of thing that Mario has personally. Um, I, just think it's, I just think that's such a clever way of making a platform game interesting and making it feel natural because all the platforms are things in the, in the level. There's rarely mm. something floating. It's always attached to something or it's a part of the level or mm. there's something falling and you're on that something that's falling. And it just feels like there's so much care has gone into making it feel like more than just a, a platformer. Which I don't. I just don't think Mario games do.
0: Because there are quite a few out there. I mean, I do like World. Like Mario World's probably one of my favorite games of all time. Mario 3. um, Played that to death on the All-Stars cart back in the day on the SNES. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm struggling to think of a game that I've actually enjoyed 2D platformer recently. Um, In fact, so much so that I'm really, really, really coming to...
1: Got to be. I mean, I've enjoyed some of the stuff like Celeste. That's that's got that hard element to it. It's not a straight levels level platformer, is it? So it doesn't yeah, quite count. Yeah,
0: I won't compare it though. It's hard, isn't it? But yeah, probably. I didn't like. Was it Monster Boy recently as well? I thought that was naff.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's a remake of a of a Mega Drive game, isn't it as well?
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
1: But I think that's also got elements of other things in it. If we're talking like. Maybe it's just a dying genre. Straight. I mean, Mega Man games mm. are like straight up platformers, aren't they? From like it's just yeah. A to B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love all the Mega Man games. Mega Man. Well, I played mm. all, like all of the original Mega Man games all the way through. Um, Mega Man Nine and Ten. I played on the Wii. That was sort of what got me into retro games and made me go back and start playing NES games and playing all these games that I hadn't played as a kid because I'm you know younger than you. I started playing on like Mega Drive. Very end mm. of the Mega Drive, start of the PlayStation era. Um, wasn't in, wasn't a Nintendo guy until the GameCube came out. So going back and playing for all of those games, and uh, even as a sort of 16, 17-year-old kid, I knew that these were good games. These Mega Man games Mm. were fun, they were challenging, but they were like, it was good to overcome them, and you were getting the power-ups, and the level designs were clever, and the music was really interesting. And then I played something like Mario, which I just thought was just like, this is generic. And then you play something Mm. like Mario Sunshine, where at the time I liked Mario Sunshine a lot, however, I've since come to (laughs) like it less as I've played things like Odyssey and and, um, things like that. But I'm like, how how are these the same game? You know, there's so many good ideas in like Odyssey, for example. There's so much like fluidity and so much mm. uh, cool design and so many cool like power ups and there's just so much going on and secrets and things like that. But I just find two D Mario to be so bland and it's and it's rigid as well. I find it so you know it's, it's floaty in a weird way and I never feel like the power ups are any good. or that I I don't know. I'm, I could probably talk about Mario for a while, but I won't talk too much more about it. <laughs>
0: loving the passion i think it's the (laughs) the most despondent i've seen yeah Yeah, yeah, you're proper gutted about it um (laughs) you know what i I can see it um i'm not 2d mario's biggest fan in recent years like i I agree with you i think the uh, the rehashing of released games is bugging me and Mm -hmm. i would prefer that budget to go on something new because it's it's great having that nostalgia vibe but how many times do you want to buy the same Mario game over yeah. and over before you've kind of experienced it to death and yeah. add in a couple of additional levels into it um, or a section at the end just didn't really make sense. Although Bowser's Fury does sound more like it's a, a legit kind of open world. Kind of.
1: yeah. yeah, I don't know. I thought, I, I thought that it was it wasn't anything special because um, it just felt like a bunch of people were comparing it to Odyssey but it felt like a bunch of 3D mm. world levels stitched together that right, you could yeah. turn, move the camera in and that was fine. I enjoyed it. The sort of couple of hours I, pl- I played it, but I don't think it was like as smart as Odyssey was. I thought Odyssey was just incredibly clever. And yeah. can, when I think back to that game, I think of like how often, even throughout, I played fifty hours of it. I'd, I got all but two of the moons in the game, and the whole way through, I was just like, "This is this is clever. This is this is very fun. This is this is mm. new. I didn't know this was coming. They've they've subverted my expectations, and that's what I like from games is, is when they can do that. And 2D Mario doesn't
0: do that for me. So. No, I'm, not, I'm not here
1: to convince you. I'm just here to tell you why I think the way I am.
0: No, no. It's, you know the what, way I and do again, you, rather. Apps, this, you do you, Max. You do you. I do you every day. Yeah, mine, it's still in a wrapper. <laughs> I'm literally looking at it as I speak. <laughs> uh, I have not been that bothered to open it up, and I think I got the, I think I got a book with it as well.
1: I got sent a steel book by the lovely uh, Tom92, I believe his name is, on, uh, on Twitter. He just reached out to me and asked if I wanted to, to have it, and I took it, and it's on my
0: shelf. Christian name, you Tom92, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: that's, that's his yeah. Twitter handle. I don't actually know his second name. It's Tom <laughs> something. I don't know his second name off the top of my head.
0: I love this. People are sending you stuff. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah Segway is beautifully into the next part. You seem like a very connected man, and I want to know why. You've never really gone into it, but you always name drop people that you kind of worked with uh, or that like you're aware of. Is it a little bit different to kind of the generation that Ben and I are, are coming from or talking about a lot mm. where we didn't really have a lot of friends that play games and you just tend to know a lot of people what's what's the shit there like? it, it's because
1: i think it's because and i wouldn't say i'm very connected i would say there are people that i that i do know and have in, you know just happened to meet but i think it's all through people giving me chances a lot of where i am today in terms of not just in terms of work but in terms of like working with you guys for example or the things that mm. i do have all been people giving me a chance and introducing me to things or like giving me a platform so i can't thank uh, pixel power enough for giving me the opportunity at loot pots because yeah. that then led on to the opportunity at uh, where I've worked with the guys at fanatics Four who Parker was just a guy who followed me on Twitter and we would talk every now and again and then one day he was like oh why don't you come on my podcast and I was like all right fine that sounds like fun and it's introduced me to loads of people on on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, people who have, were a part of their community who are now people that I interact with all the time and that I would say like you know, you know you've got internet friends I would say they're my internet friends they're not a part of that community you know and just through I don't know just through wanting to to better what I do and meet new people because I, you know I, I'm a people person I like talking to people I like mm. knowing people I like being friends with people I'm one of those people that I like to make jokes at people like you say like you know how we rib each other But yeah. I want to know I, want, I need to know someone to do that I, I don't want to be one of those people that's <laughs> Just attacking strangers on Twitter, like you know, I'd have to be, there'd have to be like an equal ground where they could do it back to me if they wanted to. I don't want to be someone that punches, punches up at people. You know, I'm
0: pretty sure you did that on our tw- on our Twitch stream. You came on and you took the piss out of us for something. And Ben, well, I literally went. He'd be awesome on the podcast. That was big, that was
1: just after I recorded with Ben. Um, was it like, right it was like okay, the yeah. week the week after I recorded with Ben? And I think he said something like, oh, we should get you on the podcast one week. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. So I came on the following week to see what was going on. Yeah. and really liked what you guys were about, and I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to rinse him in the chat, why not? Um, What was it I said? I think I uh, it was the last time I ever saw Mike, and it was when I said that uh, <laughs> Divinity Original Sin 2 was like Diablo for Virgins, I've just never seen him since. Yeah, he's never spoke, yes, that was it. I've never spoke to the man, and I feel bad because I've never had a chance to uh, explain to myself that I was joking.
0: A bit worrying that he went missing the minute you started joining. <laughs> like, like, it's no coincidence there, Max. What have you doing? I don't think it is. Uh, like, yeah, he doesn't like me. <laughs> There's enough of a line that you actually uh you put him into an early grave Poor lad. <laughs> um yeah i mean it's it's weird with the group how like people kind of ebb and flow in but it works because you kind of realize like well you, you know it because what we're about but everyone in that group's got like, other commitments as yep. in family got good jobs like everyone's working really hard books to write and then, exactly yeah <laughs> yeah. that and whenever you get the time to be able to like do what we're doing it is a little bit for free-for-all in a good way it just means like you get a bit of a, a mixed bag whenever you're mm-hmm. watching a podcast but I think that's a good thing and then we actually seem to be on a bit of a head of steam now in terms of content which is decent as well
1: The YouTube's been popping at the moment and Ben even um, spoke to me about doing something for you know similar to what he was doing with his Let's Plays And I was like yeah, I, could yeah. probably, I could definitely do that, um, I just didn't want to do the thing where I commit to something and, and then just don't have the time to do it or but I think it's something I'd like to get my toes into I guess, uh, I mean I've always wanted to Going back to where I said, I've always wanted to do this kind of thing, which mm. is—I mean, when I was like, when did Minecraft come out? 2009. <laughs> did it launch 2009? So I would have been 16, and there was there's YouTube. There was YouTube videos. I might have deleted them out uh, of embarrassment, like years ago. But there's definitely a video of me uh, introducing the latest patch. Uh, to Minecraft and like going through all the content and stuff and that was something I really wanted to do and uh, I always try to do Let's Plays um, but I find it very hard to do things in one take because I trip over my words sometimes and I, yeah. I get halfway through and go no that's rubbish and I'll try and start again but you can't do that with a Let's Play because you're halfway through it um, <laughs> but I think recall, when I've played things on Twitch before and I've played Hades or I've played uh, Pokemon I find it easier because I'm interacting with people hmm. um, I think that's the kind of thing, yeah, I think I'd like to do something like that. It's, it's, it's good that we're doing that now and that there is more coming out because we've got all of Ben's stuff. Steve's doing some amazing stuff. absolutely love Steve's yeah. bits. The stuff he's putting out and the, I mean, not even not even just his voice work, but just like it's very really good to hear Steve be passionate about things. Whenever I'm on the podcast with him and he, you get Steve into something and you can, it's just nice to listen to someone talk about what they love in such an eloquent and passionate way that he does.
0: It's well, like a machine a voice as well. Yeah yeah, 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 fucking. It's like a machine gun, and that's funny because we always make jokes about Steve's loving guns, but it's like you can hear the barrel. Yeah. and he just gives you that. He literally firebombs you with an opinion, yep. and he'll always like text after and go, "Was that okay? Was that fine? like fucking hell, mate?" I've, you had, li- I've had that text. You li- <laughs> literally are fantastic when you you talk, and the same with yeah. yourself. Like you're so eloquent in the way that you put things across. And I think you for streaming one would be fucking hilarious because it'd be nonstop, um, which I think is is a really, really good skill to have. Um, and similar to Steve in that way, like when you're able, when you've, you've got a very definitive opinion, whether you call it a questionable take or not, like it's just it's very, very uh, quintessentially you, you know, you can't take it away. It's very rare that people will have a similar view as yourself and then put it in the same vein. Steve's the same. So whenever he's articulating something and going through it, I'm just in awe. I'm just out there going I can't <laughs> disagree with you, Steve. Like my yeah. opinion's now null and void. Like I do not want to air my opinion on something because you've just literally done that. Um and we did it really early on when he, we were like creating some um what were two minute twenty videos or what I can't remember what we call Twitter, it? Twitter the Twitter what, stuff we were talking the about. The two twenty, yeah. we uh, yeah. uh, were just doing again just videos that were perfectly cut to the, the two minute twenty rule that Twitter has for for vids and steve did a voiceover for one i was like nope not doing a voiceover anymore it was it was going back to being in bands again and being literally watching i think twin atlantic play after us and going yeah they're better than us you know (laughs) you you can't it's great i'm really happy about it because it's actually let me know where i am but yeah Yeah. there's no point in doing that thing because that person's great at it um so yeah he's again just a little bit more confidence and i think the guy would be unstoppable because i know he's been knocked back in the past from a hmm. couple of uh, vo works but yeah he's just he's so so good at it and some of the stuff he comes out with is so funny the script that we've done the other in fact i'll probably message you i don't think i've sent it yet but um you know we were doing the clips for the crosscast yeah yeah and yeah. we were doing pick up and play and it was going to be uh, play of the week so yes, wh- whoever yeah, was speaking yeah, about their their passionately about their game that they've been playing. We kind of clip it and we'd have like Australian like um, footy commentators. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. Him and I'd be like, hey, copper, what's going on? You know, that kind of thing. But the, <laughs> the script that we wrote for it, for Steve to deliver, I, I was in stitches writing it. And I said, we didn't record it this week. But I sent it over to him a couple of times. It's like, you can't say, you can't let me say that part. We need to change that part. We need to do this. It's more appropriate. I was like, it's going to be great. So I'm really, really excited to do that. sounds great. Um, the the person stuff i have noticed. Go on, what wait, are you going to well, say? Well, I no, 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 that. I insist. Th- thank you very much.
1: The things mm. that that you were doing for uh, Crosscall, the yeah. adverts, they're some of the funniest things that that you guys have. We we as a group have done. I, it's just yeah, it's so well delivered, so well written, so well edited. They're just perfect little sketches that fit so perfectly in the <laughs> ludicrousy that is running on <laughs> Sunday night call-in show about about games you know
0: yeah yorkshire puddings is a personal so, highlight so good that was so much fun and again perfectly executed by steve he just yeah some of the things he comes up with the brill um one thing i was going to say that like you i can see you know when people have a really really good mix together and like work mm. very well your humor type seems to work very well with ethan's kind of like dry sense of humor because you're so on the nose when it comes out like it's easy to see the joke and get the punchline Whereas Ethan? You have to go fucking looking for it. It's impossible. It's like a breadcrumb <laughs> trail to try and get to the joke. Like, do you find that with people on the podcast? Like, you'll be like, "Oh, this person's on." I know I'm going to be able to do X, Y, and Z this week. Or is it more a case of you kind of take each week as it comes?
1: That's a good question. Actually,
0: I know whenever I know whenever you're on,
1: that there's going to be a good chance for some back and forth, like mm. ribbing each other. Because I don't, I don't think I have that with anyone. I mean, I, I, there are times when when I do it with anyone, you know. Lewis does it to me all the time. I do it back to Lewis. But I don't think there's anyone that gets or knows the level, the limit quite like you do with me. That yeah. you know, you know, you know just where to to. This, you know the ceiling. You know before it becomes too much. I feel like I've got the same with you sometimes as well. Because obviously, when, anyone, if I ever say anything, anyone messages me and says, "Look, that was a bit too far," and they have done before. Not in not in this group, but I just mean in general. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the ceiling. There it is. But we've never had that discussion, and the ceiling has just always been set up. So, whenever you're right, I know that the the stuff I can say to you. Um,
0: There is no ceiling. Don't Don't worry about it. You've never offended me. And I think that's because I've been like, I'm pretty sure that's going to offend Max at some point. (laughs) And then somebody (laughs) had (laughs) their pens written at the back, going, That was quite close near the knuckle. I was like, I don't know why, but I feel I can get away with it with Max. It's all right with him. Uh, No, you're fine. Uh, (laughs) Nothing. I've always said at work,
1: I always use the term unflappable, because there's just no one's ever like been able that. to say anything to me that's ever annoyed me or, or upset me. Yeah. Like, I mean, even um, I said I wasn't going to bring it up, but even things like the 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 breakup that I've been going through, mm. people will make a joke related to that, and it you know as much as um, it's a tough thing to go through, the, the the fact that I know it's a joke and that they're making a joke mm. and that they are making a light of the situation for humour and to make me feel better almost. Just makes it okay, like it just doesn't affect me. And you know, there can be any, I take everything on the chin because I know I can give it back just as much. So I just don't, there isn't like, like with you, there isn't a ceiling. You know, I've never been able to be offended by and yeah, unless you're, unless someone's yeah. saying something like that they genuinely mean and feel like you are shit, like you know, that yeah, that, yeah. that would that would be like, oh, that's a bit, but if you go, oh, you're shit, I'm like, yeah, you're shit too, mate. You know, it doesn't, doesn't,
0: yeah, yeah. I think there's that yeah. thing, isn't it And it's like, I know comedians talk about it a lot, but there's that one you need to be able to make each other laugh mm-hmm. and the best way to do that sometimes is if you've got something genuinely well executed and there's actual meaning to it and it's on the nose and it's funny um it's great like it doesn't matter what it's about, it's just it always lands it's really really funny, yeah, and I think there's some things that you and I've done in the past where like the little video shorts that you do uh I was pissing myself the other night at the one that you sent where it was like Chris. Martin, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> like it's <laughs> no one else and no one else reacted to it i woke up to that because i was doing the baby bottle and literally my eyes like closed i'm so tired i'm like walking downstairs staggering doing the bottle 55 seconds banging it in Right, okay waiting for that what can i do in 55 seconds all oh, right check the whatsapp group Max's. oh that's very funny and i'll get it straight away or i knew it uh, was a dumb joke but
1: it's there was, was the one back and forth between us that i remember is it must have been january time and you had sent a video of you talking to Sophie, like, "Oh, um have you ever have mentioned Max?" Or have you had, "Do you hear what Max did?" And she's like, "Who's Max?" And you just cut that, and you just sent me her. just yeah. going like, "Who's Max?" I don't know who Max is. <laughs> so I did the one of me talking to the hoodie that I would filled with like cushions and and trousers, They're like a person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like you know, it's just we just had that stupid back and forth, didn't we? That I think it, I think it, I think are funny, and I don't know if everyone else. Th- I'm probably just uh, annoying everyone in 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 that. Or oh, we are annoying people in that chat, but I don't know. I, think I, know, I know, I
0: think I definitely annoy a lot of people, and I do get the text from that group saying that was a bit out of order. Uh, usually, <laughs> something I've sent or photoshopped. So yeah, yeah, I can I can I, can think I of struggle few, with that. Yeah. yeah, I can I struggle with that. Um, just because th- yeah, there's lines. It's never come from a place of offence, but I can see why people aren't always that close. Yeah. You need to remember sometimes not everyone's got the same kind of uh yeah humor, but... i think
1: you're probably the same as me in that you so you know can expect people to be where you are when you say yeah. something you know where you you know where you're coming from and you expect someone else to immediately get that like sometimes when i say something to like mock um the typical like flag shagger like brexit kind of opinion i'll say yeah, something that yeah. work that is is entirely sarcastic or met with like Surrounded, so wrapped up in irony. When I talk about things like, I don't know, oh yeah, it'll be good when we get the cheap when the beers are 10p again, you know that kind of thing. (laughs) But but then you don't, then you don't. They people don't get that, and they you know I I get the the impression sometimes people might actually think I'm a massive flag shagger because I'm like I love the Queen, I really love the Queen. (laughs) I I just really like think that everything she does is just she's beautiful, isn't she, the Queen? It's just all that stuff like that, you know.
0: Yeah. I like I like it, and Alex just mentioned the uh, in the chat there. His fave was the make your bed on the 4 eh? <laughs> you know, car.
1: That <laughs> took me so long to find, so long to find. Because I was, like, <laughs> me feel worse now. He got spraxia. <laughs> I like, fucking hell,
0: tell him to make his bed now. I feel like oh right, no 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 Jesus no, no, no. That's Christ! Why?
1: That's just that's just laziness. Man. That's pure laziness. Although I did make it especially for this occasion. Um, if anything, that's it comes just a place lazy.
0: of envy that you you are not literally. Um, your arm isn't put behind your back to make you make your bed. Whereas, like, if I didn't do it... Yeah, that's true,
1: actually, yeah. It's all, I'm, I'm a free agent, mate. I'm a free agent.
0: That's it. Haul yourself out. Five viewers. Could be anyone, you know. Could be anyone on here. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, spe- speaking of free agents, uh, so you've been getting yourself into shape this year, and I've been quite interested to know from your headspace, one, why, and then okay. two, how's it going?
1: One, why is so? There's always people often say things like, "I struggle with my weight." That's a quote. I struggle with my weight. Yeah. I spoke to people when I set out to do this. There were some people who spoke to me and were like, "Oh, how how is it that you that you have been doing it?" Because I struggle with my weight, and I've never thought of like weight as something that I struggled with. I've just been a fat bloke because mm. I don't move a lot and I eat a lot. I like my food and I like sitting around a lot. There's no struggle there. There's no like, oh, I'm trying so hard, but it's nothing's working. It's just been, it's an acceptance. Just, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, 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 but it's not even like an acceptance of like, well, might as well do it anyway. It's just like a, this is just who I am and this is my life. <laughs> um, because I've never thought of myself as like a fat bloke. I guess I don't know. I, mean, I know that I am. I'm aware that I am, but I never think of myself as that because I you know in terms of. Um, clothes i've never had to dress like a fat bloke in terms of relationships i've people always tell me always told me in relationships i've been in in the past oh you're punching above your weight always every time they always say it and that's because i mean not that's because, but i've always thought like oh yeah well it's because i'm not a fat bloke you know and i always <laughs> let it happen i've never let it affect me or that it is but there was a time sort of three years ago when i just i just saw a picture of myself stood next to my grandma and it was the first time I'd ever looked at myself and been like I don't recognize who that person is like you know I've always mm. known who I am and what I look like and I can go through pictures of myself and at various different weights and still see that that is who I am yeah. but I think it was 21 stone at my heaviest and I saw that picture and I was just like that is that's not on yeah, yeah you know that's it's not good for my health it's not fair on my girlfriend at the time it's you know it's just not beneficial to me and then i started thinking about you know other people's opinions of, of me as a person of that way and all of a sudden mm-hmm. i did see myself as a fat bloke um so then i just decided right i'm just gonna go on reddit go on all the things read up everything i can what can i do here we go what are the options here and i, I sh- shed 40 pounds in like three or four months mm-hmm. um and that was that was in december 2018 i think i hit mm. 18 stone 4 something like 18 stone okay. 2 something like that and then I don't know I just sort of was happy with the way I looked so I didn't bother anymore and I started going to the gym and offset that with eating so I was still sort of maintaining a weight but I was just eating more and then I stopped going to the gym because I didn't work next to the gym anymore um, so I got back into that you know I wasn't quite as heavy as 21 stone but as of January 1st this year I was 20 stone and I don't think I looked at myself and was like... I always looked at myself and was like, oh, I'm, at least I'm not 21 stone, at least I'm not 21 stone. But when we weighed ourselves, because we were doing... I think it was Steve who set up that well-being group for us, which was a great idea and has been sort of just done wonders for me in every yeah, it possible awesome. facet of my life, and I'm sure it has for everyone else that's in it. Um, But when I stepped on that scale as part of that and saw 20 stone, I was like, oh. And I looked at myself mm. in the mirror and was like, oh, okay, maybe it is. Maybe I'll maybe I just let it happen and you know you need that push don't you um or that moment of like well shit and that was that moment of well shit so i just Mm -hmm. thought okay what didn't work last time and i remember last time it was i was not not, it wasn't like a crash diet thing it was like every two days i would have like 500 calories to uh, for the whole day to try and fast i would just eat soup every two or three days whatever i can't know how it works out now i think it was every three days and I just, on those days, I had no energy, and I was just so, because I'm a man who likes his food, I was just so, like, hungry, and I started smoking more. I was always a, a smoke, someone who smoked, maybe, on a weekend if I was drinking, kind of thing. Yeah, But I started, when I felt hungry, I would smoke at work. Um, so I didn't want to be, I didn't want to have to, like, go without, or crave, or want something so bad that I couldn't have that I would eventually just have it to excess and that'd be it, would be ruined. So I decided to like, okay, I know I need to hit this many calories. How can I, what can I fit into that many calories in a, in a day? Um, and the more I started researching, the more I was like, this is piss easy. You just, mm. you just need to, you just need to, I mean, obviously I'm still a big guy. I've lost, what, 20, no, hang on, where am I now? I'm 17 stone 13. So that's what, two stone Two stone, two stone one pound, that is 29 pounds. So 29 pounds this year wow. so far, which I, which I think is a good effort. I don't know how long that's going to, I'm probably going to plateau at some point. I think it's big, there's always a, the start's no, that's, always um, as it goes. It's a phenomenal
0: effort, mate. Being brutally honest this as way, well, it's yes, huge. We how tall are you as well? 6'2", with
1: hair, yes, I'm 6'1". So. I think
0: I'm 6'2", with hair. That's, that's the... <laughs> and your hair is similar <laughs> to mine yes, at some point. It goes
1: straight up. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um I emoji. But the <laughs> the crux of like your weight loss and I think this is where like I partly had to leave the, the, the group for that reason because I was like people are serious about this in here and I'm not I'm not there yet. I'm kind of doing my meal replacement shakes. I've just finished mm-hmm. like a massive thing of that. Um maybe lost like a, a stone Where Good job. I'm ha- Happy with it, yeah, but majority water weight, we all know what yeah. that's like. We you and yeah. I have probably done quite a lot of these kind of diets in the past. So yep. yeah, yep. I'm happy with it. Um I think you, you carry weight really well because you are tall. Um, and then on, on top of that, you're not an ugly lad. So your you face, you kind of suit it pretty well. Uh, apart from when we had those mustaches and that was it oh, on my face. We both look fucking awful.
1: i I looked back to those pictures the other day of um, no beard, no hair. And I just didn't at the time realize that it wasn't a good look. You know, but okay, it was for a good cause. But I look back to those pictures of, of me, especially especially when I watched the I watched the Kiss My Rose video the other day.
0: Stop, sent it to
1: I think I think it's very funny and I'm glad I put the effort in for what amounted to a tenor from Ethan. Um fair play <laughs> to, fair play to the lad. But I look at that and I'm like, I don't feel comfortable representing myself. Like that's what I look like, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um and I think I still there's still a long not a long way, there's still a ways for me to go before I can reach where I want to be I'd say, mm. but you know at least I can fit into clothes better than I did before and I keep having to put my trousers up which is a load of fun. Um, that belt. But I think uh, yeah well you yeah, had, had to drill a new hole in a belt. Um, well, it helps if the trousers have belt loops as well. Stupid, <laughs> stupid trousers. Um, but yeah I think I think. It's something I want to keep up, and something I don't want to. I didn't want to. I mean, I've I've been documenting this on Instagram, and I I decided to call it like a no Mm. salad lifestyle change where I change my lifestyle without eating a salad, and that's how it's been so far. And I don't want it to be like a a crash diet or like a diet. It's just a change in Mm. lifestyle that I can maintain, still enjoy my food, and lose weight in the process. And I've I've joined in the gym or I've signed up to the gym, so I'm going to go in the reopen near my work, my new work. Yeah. so my plan there is to <clears throat> go to the gym every morning before I go to work, which are going to be like three times a week at the moment if we start to open up more.
0: Did um, you tend to find, I pre- probably summed to myself, I, I'm not a weightlifter, but I'm more cardio, but I'm presuming your weights, like you prefer I'm the
1: Yeah, I'm the massive obviously. Yeah, I hate cardio. I hate running. Yeah, yeah, um, There's something just mundane about running. I need to I lift like weights. So. I hate running.
0: Yeah, I hate running. Not yeah. playing football. Yeah, okay, good. Can't run. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I need to start lifting weights. I've never done it. Um, I'm actually genuinely, um, luckily, quite broad anyway, so mm-hmm. I didn't need to fill out. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that you know, I've often been mistaken.
1: I've often been mistaken for someone that plays rugby, despite never playing yeah. rugby. You know, because which I think is also a part of the reason why I've never seen myself as a fat boat, because people always think of me. You know, there have been times in the pub when people come up to me and go, "Oh, you're a big lad. Wouldn't want to have a scrap with you." Or, "Oh, you must be a rugby." Or, you know, I get. I used to get that surprising amount, like, "Oh, yeah, I wouldn't want to fight you." I'm a you know I'm actually quite scrawny, like I've got little arms and I'm not you know, I've never been very strong apart from in my back. My back's where all my mm. strength is. I've always just been like a fat bloke. So I've always because they've always said that I've always been like, oh I'm just obviously a broad, broad big guy. Um, yeah. which is still the case, but just with a massive belly on me too.
0: But I just kept so on I think thinking so. back to our November thing and like you said then, it wasn't it wasn't my in my mind's eye, the best picture of myself that I wanted to be and when I shaved my hair at that point i was like i was really down about it and and i'm luckily i've never had any like mental health issues in that way and touch wood hopefully I never will but that's probably like the lowest a- aesthetically i was looking at myself going you fat cunt saw really yourself sorry, out." it was really absolutely straight you should be you should be sorry um but it was a good reckoning for me because it did put me down a bit more of a healthy lifestyle and i was looking at jesse going i don't want to be out of breath when i'm playing you know football with you in the garden and all yeah. those kind of things and um, I was looking at the pictures of my dad who had fucking cancer, and I was like, I look worse than him. And I was like, how is <laughs> that happening when I'm coming off a podcast going, like, yeah, we need to raise money? And I'm, like, I'm there going, like, I look more like a cancer patient than my dad does. So I was like, I, I need to sort shit out. You know, I'm, I'm walking down to Tesco in a cap, and people are going, oh, poor lad. I'm like, nah, it's not on. Can't happen. um Carl in the chat said, get a bike, Dan. Fuck off, Carl. Um, and then the other thing I was going to mention so the kind of like the weight loss side of things like it's it's rough and the change lifestyle is really difficult as well the people that don't help are the ones that go well nothing nothing tastes as good as feeling thin feels those kind of people where they'll be like this is the kind of this is the mantra that you need to have now to be able to get in shape you need to prescribe this kind of vision of food is the enemy like Talk to me about your passion with food because I think you're a fucking good cook by the look of the the pictures that you yeah, share. I'm um, sure if you or, ate it you'd agree with it as well. But. Or although now and again you do share the things that I would probably eat, which is fucking <laughs> waffles. Say waffles, mate, lovely. Your own little Cajun sauce. you probably mix with three different sauces, so it's not really a proper sauce. But yeah, you, yeah, there. yeah, it counts. Where where's that come from? That love affair with food, like.
1: Oh, so I've always had good cooks in my family. Um, my. Hmm. Grandma has always been always done an amazing Sunday roast. She's always just I've always a- admired my grandma's way of so when my granddad used to work nights and my we'd be dropped off there after when my parents are going out or doing something mm. and my grandma would go What do you want for dinner? And we'd be like Oh, you want burgers? And she would just effortlessly make burgers from scratch, um, make chips from scratch, do it or just do it all. Have it on the have it on the table. We'd all be eating. Granddad would ship off to work. She would clean it up, and then that that would take an hour. And it always used to just I always just admired how it just didn't seem to phase her at all christmas day never phased her she's always been the sole cook on christmas day in the 27 say, years yeah. i've been alive what
0: Gonna say like she's effortless what do you want burgers outside with a rail gun on a cow <laughs> 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 Grow up on a farm yeah we take a lot of, a lot of raw meat <laughs> but yeah like what is with that generation it is just effortless yeah yeah
1: I mean, so my, my my grandma's probably younger than most grandmas. She is 67. Okay. 67. So she's turned 70 when I turned 30. Yeah, so she's 67. Um, 68, maybe, because she's a bit older than me. So maybe her birthday's soon. She's 67, anyway. Um, so she's not, you know, she, she was, I don't know, I think it's just always something she, she's always been. You know, she's had my mum at a young age and has always been just able to cook things and just do things like that. And my mum's the same, my mum likes to, to cook. Maybe maybe she's not. it's not as effortless as it is with my grandma, I don't know. Um, but it's always felt like there's always been good food, there's always been good meals on the table, and it's never been a whole, oh, I hate cooking, oh, let's just, oh, I find it too hard. And you hear those people that don't like cooking, or they they find it too difficult, or too time-consuming, or they don't know what to do, so they just don't do it, and they'll just... You know, we've never often been a freezer kind of family. You know, maybe when they're going out, we'd have a frozen pizza, but other than that, it's always been mum would cook something that she's spent time making. And it's, I don't think they taught me how to cook necessarily, they just gave me my love of food, and that I knew that mm. cooking wasn't, shouldn't be something to be afraid of or that's something to be intimidated by. Mm. So I think it was more start getting into like watching food videos on YouTube or reading recipes. And that sort of got me into the the theory of food more than actually the cooking of it. You know, I like, I like. I mean, I've been watching, for the last week I've been watching, I can't remember the guy's name, but there's a a YouTuber who does coffee videos. I don't know the first thing about coffee or espresso, but I've watched about four or five hours in the last week or or so of him reviewing espresso machines and different espresso, all the different pulls, all the different measurements, all of the, the, how, how compact you do it all. And it, I just find that kind of, you know, it's just something else to add to my brain, like, that I can maybe right. reference in a conversation when someone talks about coffee. Of I and go, oh, yeah, what about the crema? You like having the crema on the top of the espresso, don't you? Yeah, you love that, And don't then it's you? like,
0: mate, I just want to go to Starbucks. What, what's your problem, <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But I've always, like, um, liked food science, how they, um, like, J. Jake, uh, Jake Kenji lopez he's got a great book mm. called um, The Food Lab. It's called The Food Lab. And it's about how you can use things like science... In your in your cooking, how you can like lower the pH of chicken skin to make it crisp up better in the oven. How you can use, uh, you know how how things cook, how things actually work um, when you're cooking, them, how they react together to make the way that they are. Like lemon juice, fried interest.
0: chicken, and all that kind of shit, isn't it? Like yeah, you kind of yeah, yeah. tenderizing thing, it so.
1: with acid, kind of thing, mm. or you know what what is acid? What? I mean, how does acid work with sugar? How do flavors build? You know things like that. And it's only ever been that I, I when I want to lose weight like get into cooking into that degree because whenever i'm like a fat bloke i eat whatever i want i'm just like yeah i'll just hmm. cook a bunch of this but whenever i said so when i'd lost a load of weight a few years ago i was the same of like planning out every meal i'm going to eat yeah how do i break it down what am i eating this week how do i especially at the time when i had you know i was scraping by week to week let alone month to month you know money wise of like, how do I fit this into a, a budget? How can I buy one set of ingredients that's going to last me all week, and make it nice? And that was meal prep for me, and that I gave up on meal prep because it's just I just can't do it. It's just doesn't work. Just for doesn't, me. Work. It doesn't work. Doesn't work at all. I
0: just yeah, it doesn't work, especially when you have like a really shit day as well. Yeah. And the it's like we said before, if you prescribe into that taboo again of. Mouth pleasure and you know, all these kind of oh, (laughs) wow, I know, yeah, (laughs) fucking hell, man. Um, I've had a couple of beers, all right, and I've mixed (laughs) a wine. So, if you're gonna prescribe to mouth pleasure, um, oral pleasure, then (laughs) you you will have that takeaway, I think, on the Wednesday, and you'll be like, you'll feel shit for it. But I think it's not treating that as if you've fallen off the wagon, that's immensely Mm -hmm. important. Then to be able to keep that kind of um, velocity up, fucking hell, work. Uh, keeping that, you know, m- momentum up with that weight loss yep. and that that discipline, um, cooking is a huge benefit to it. So when we we were getting all the HelloFresh boxes and we were actually cooking yep. every night, like, cuts down your sugar intake tenfold. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. and like compared to what you you normally do because of the the shit that you're buying and the processed food that you're getting. If you're buying organic and you're actually cooking vegetables with something rather than getting in a packet meal, which has got yeah. a couple of calories on the side, but you haven't really read the ingredients, that's pretty much every it bad thing slips that your body's
1: stuff in yeah
0: yeah it's it's hard like the the best diet I ever did was um the whole thirty where you literally you you i think it's basically a paleo, but you cut out all of the things that your body's not meant to process right so it's yeah. like sugar any processed foods um grains like dairy you know all these kind of wonderful things and it was things the best that diet. come
1: in from like necessity than it more than um bingo than actually, but, yeah, okay.
0: but then fucking typically the cheapest stuff as well that like, you know everyone will have in their fridge that's kind of, sort yep. of cereal you know i'll be able to eat that in the morning and yep. get through it or i'll have a piece of bread you can't do any of that um so it, whilst it was the best diet i did because i lost the, mo- the most amount of weight from it it was probably also the most unhappiest i've been and I think the the kind of similar trajectory of what you've been doing, and to be really honest, mate, inspiring me to do the same thing, mm. is trying to get that diet in check in a way that's more manageable. So I'm not going to see like a three stone, you know, loss in you know, a month. I'm going to yeah. reign that over three or four months. And it, it's yeah. going to have its dips. You know, it's going to have its moments where I'm not going to be great. But ultimately, at the end, you know, I'll be happier where yeah. I am. Um, that's why which,
1: it's a change of lot, You know, I, I don't want to set myself a time goal with losing weight. I don't want to say, "Oh, I want to lose this weight for summer," kind of thing, yeah. because then you're going to hit summer, and not be the weight you want, and go, "Well, I tried." What you want to, what I, what I, how I want to do is, I, you know, I want to lose weight to keep weight off. And I know friends that have lost weight. You know, um, a very good friend of mine, Chris, lost uh, four stone just before I met him, or something like that, and you know, he has fluctuated up and down with his weight since then. But there was a good portion of time I knew him that he kept that weight off. I don't know how he did, it. he worked at McDonald's and probably ate fucking free McDonald's food every day. But um <laughs> But I know I know that it's something that that can be done. And he, you know, he's always been an inspiration to me and that I know that mm. I have you know, seen pictures of him before, and he's probably bigger than me. Um or he carried it maybe worse than me, I don't know, but I know I know that it's possible. And I've had people, you know, I set up this Instagram account where I share food and weight loss and things like that, and I've had people message me and go, Oh, you know, you have not inspired me to start, but like they maybe I've have been struggling and being like, oh, is there? Is it really worth it? And then they see that I can knock up something that's quite tasty, but but fits into like a two thousand fifteen hundred calorie diet, or whatever. Mm. That's more than just their chicken and rice because that's the thing you're told to eat is chicken and rice or plain chicken, or you can't have flavour, or you know you have to have a salad or something like that. It's nice to be able to play with you know the rules are there fifteen hundred calories don't eat crap you can have crap if you want to have crap you can fit crap in but if it's if it's all about calories you have that's just a that's a challenge if anything mm. it's a challenge to fit the best the most you can into that amount and it's you know easy to do with things like you just you swap pasta for a lower calorie alternative you swap rice for a low calorie all these things that are calorie dense you save yourself 300 calories that's then 300 calories you can put into a different vegetable or a flavour you know, something like that and it's just it's a challenge it's about swapping and changing and
0: it's, um it's been easier, hasn't it? I think, working from home and oh, as well, yeah hundred uh, percent trying to get that in check and get that routine in because if you're the same as me and you're a creature of habit, if you're baking that into your daily routine, it becomes immensely easier and more manageable um but I think as we all go back to the office, that's probably my main fear It's like the last week exactly. I've ordered delivery twice with being in the office and just like getting yep. some food in because i haven't prepped anything and Fuck! I'm gonna to have to prep something next week. It's Saturday today, I need to go out and shop. Paydays in a couple of days, I can use that yeah. for something different. It's like that kind of yeah, you know, that contrarian kind of part of me now, where I'm like, oh shit, I'm back into that routine again. What am I going to do to break out of it? Have you kind of? I know you're kind of migrating back to the office. Have you thought about yeah. how you can handle it?
1: So when I was told, so there was a, there was a point a couple of weeks ago where we were told about a month ago now. By the way, I've made the decision that management are going to be in the office full time now there's no reason for us to work from home, time to go back to normal, which I eventually had an issue with and we have resolved. But my first thought wasn't, oh God, we're going to be back in the office and it's going to be unsafe. My first thought was, how the hell am I going to maintain the diet that I've been keeping up? Because I, you know, have a smoothie at 8am in the morning, fine. At that point, I've already left the house. So how am I going to... Am I going to travel a smoothie in? Am I going to make the smoothie at work? I'm going to make it the day before, but then it's just not going to be as good as when I make it. So, okay, maybe I don't have a smoothie. Maybe I don't have breakfast at all. Okay, fine, that's our solution. Lunchtime, I could take lunch in. Okay, I have to prep lunch the day before. I'm not a big pre-prepper of food. I like to just take things out of the fridge and, and come up with stuff on the fly sometimes before it comes to lunch. Okay, yeah. fine. Maybe I'll just take, in, take things in. Fine, okay. But when I'm in the office, oh, okay, now it's time to, you know, let's have Let's just get a Nando's in, which I'll come back to in a second. But then it's like the evening, half five, I finish work, go downstairs, what am I having today? Cool, I'll just start prepping it, start making it. Eat by half six, done with the rest of the day. Whereas in the office, I'm leaving at half five, quarter to six, getting home after six. Then I have to make it and sit down. By that point, it's like seven o'clock It's the end of my day. Am I going to want to, after having not had breakfast and maybe having a smaller lunch, because I can't take a lot in with me, am I going to want to just have the meal that I've prepared? And I had that on... Wednesday had just gone when I came into the office, <coughs> took a banana in, took some soup in. Mm. Someone in the office was like, Why don't we get some why don't we get a roll? Why don't we get a roll from Pret? And I was like, Yeah, I'll get a roll from Pret, I can fit that in with the soup I'm gonna have in my dinner, that's fine. And then lunchtime came and everyone had ordered anando's upstairs and my boss was like, Why don't we order Nando's? And I was like, Oh, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. Mm. I was like, Okay, fine, let's get Anando's in and I was gonna just get like a bit of chicken and then it became a burger and it became chips and then yeah. by that point I've already hit my calorie goal and I I'd already put my dinner in for that day, so I took my dinner out and I was like, "Oh, this is really sad." And I got in from work, shattered, didn't feel too good because I'd eaten mm. that Nando's and just I don't, I'm not used to eating a lot at the moment. So to have like two bread-heavy meals in a row, carb-heavy meals in a row like that, just mess with my. I just had a stomach ache. Then it got to about eight o'clock, and I was like, "I'm really hungry. I'm just going to have some hummus and some uh, tortilla chips and a, and a pizza of bread or whatever." And I felt like shit after that, and I felt good because I'd eaten it. I was like, "Oh, yeah, I actually feel like really nice." And it's nice to have yeah. a break. But I felt like shit, like physically, because I just mm. I'd done nothing but eat crap all day. And I'm assuming that's how I probably used to feel all the time. Um, but just ignored it, you know that that feeling of you know sluggishness, bloated, sluggish. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And and that was the night that I ended up sitting for four hours and just listening to music. I was going to
0: say, was there that night? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and I don't know. I don't think it was related to that, but yeah, I don't know. I just I don't think. Um, and I'm worried that that's going to be the thing in the office is that every day mm. might be like that. Because that's the, a part of the reason why I got into the position was where I was back to 20 stone was because the office culture was jar of chocolate on top of the fridge, goes around the office twice a day. But this is where, before COVID, you know, goes around the office twice a day. Oh, we're getting a takeaway. Everyone's getting in on that. Oh, we're getting mm. McDonald's breakfast on the way. What do you want? Oh, there's a football table full of crisps directly behind me and a table that was someone's desk that is now just full of chocolate and sweets and biscuits and things like that. Um, and, and at Christmas time as well, especially, it's because we are in such an industry where we generate a lot of money for people. They yeah. send lavish gift baskets full of chocolate and sweets and full of like, um, not pretty much, uh, Fortnum and Mason, big Fortnum and uh, Mason gosh, selection yeah. boxes and things like that. Big alcohol, big alcohol culture as well. They're always sending bottles of wine We're drinking mm-hmm. at the desks and going out and stuff. And it, you know, part of returning to normality is exciting. It, it, it is to return to normality post COVID. And the idea of us being able to go back to being uh, back to who we are, and you know, being able to come up and meet you guys, for example, go out and meet, yeah. meet people and visit all my mates that moved to London in the last year that I then haven't been able to go and see since. Um, I'm also then worried that what's that? What effect is that going to have on the fairly strict, strict-ish regiment I've had for myself in the last mm. three or four months? Um, I just have to believe in myself that I can maintain a change in lifestyle for for that period of time. I guess.
0: Yeah, you can. I think we'll come back to booze in a minute because I think that's definitely something that I wanted to kind of touch on with you and see how you kind of felt from that journey. But mm-hmm. um, the office culture part is, it's definitely something, I don't know if it's, it's the same in other countries, but definitely in the UK we've got to change um, because just the, <laughs> the management style and I'm just as bad of this with my team. Like I'll look after them, I'll be like, don't worry guys, I got Starbucks in, I'll go and get them. It, it's just, easy management it's easy kind of wins like you literally shot of sugar dan did that it's like it's easy um whereas we've got to get away from that i think in the kind of office spaces that we're we're doing some people successfully done it i'm yet to kind of see any sort of use case or you know anything that really makes me think it's it's going to work for the the type of team that i'm in but yeah we need, definitely need to improve um, I just don't you can't really fucking hand celery out and go come on lads yeah great job yeah. it just doesn't doesn't sit right so I think there has to be a there has to be a change definitely yeah
1: like it's just like how do you carrot on a stick with a carrot as opposed to a donut you know um, yeah yeah because also it's one of those things that if you're on a diet it's not not so much like it's peer pressure but there is there is an element of like FOMO when everyone's mm-hmm. getting something in and you're like well, well I, pro- I should too you are like oh okay just this one or they're like oh go on you can, you know it's only one thing but that happens three times a week for example if you're in the office full time back as we were and then you know you feel like you're missing out yeah. Um, and yeah yeah, I think yeah, I agree with you that there is like a culture of, of being in an office that that does, yeah there is a lot of culture of, of like you know just getting a sandwich or sitting at your desk or going to the pub at lunch or something like that kind of thing that, that it's good for like being friends with people having like a good like work relationship or work you know mm. relationship with people at work but especially for food and alcohol especially as well i don't know about your office or many offices but i don't know if it's just the industry we're in but i've never been in an office that is so drink heavy sometimes that it's just <laughs> like oh it's we've got a bottle of booze in you know let's 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 have a booze or currently there's like a stack of prosecco and, and spirits and stuff next to sort of near my desk yeah the party we were going to have before COVID happened, that we're still waiting to have, you know, later this year, and that probably that huge amount will probably go that night, and it's kind of ridiculous when I think about it. I've never I've never had an office that's been like that before.
0: Yeah, it's. it's I mean, the same with those guys. Like, um, <laughs> I love my team to bits. Literally, awesome uh, group of guys. Like, fantastic. But the first thing we were talking about when we were all kind of bit part coming into the office last week, and um, we got a new office which is like right in the center of Liverpool. Um, and where it is is central to possibly I'd say like the, the best kind of not night out area but the best kind of like drinking with friends kind of yeah. areas like there's like a really cool area called like um, uh, the Duke Street Market which is like several different restaurants in one little area and it's kind of like very boutique and we've got like the uh, the Baltic Market which is even further down the road and they've got like the Peaky Blinders bar, which sounds very chavvy, but believe me, it works. <laughs> There's loads of, like, really cool things around Liverpool in that way. And all the guys, like, really enthused, a bit younger than I am, so, like, yeah, I can't wait to go out. It's amazing in the summer. Like, it's going to be, we're going to be drinking on a fright. I'm gonna, like, that sounds fucking fantastic, but I know what the calories are, and I know what yeah. I'm worried about, and I know that... And
1: you've got a, you know, a kid, and, you know, the other responsibilities that you can't, you know,
0: I can't just get hammered club. every Friday yeah. I can't just do that anymore um, yeah. as much as I'd love to like, it'd be wonderful but like, I do actually quite enjoy spending time with my children <laughs> not plural I have really like uh, taken
1: a lot I've really started enjoying a night in Yeah. past yeah. year which I never I never I'd be sitting here on a Friday itching and I would sometimes would just go to the pub and hope to bump into mm-hmm. people I know and I did I'd always end up having a night because I, I just knew people and that was fine but I don't think I'd do that anymore. I, th- I think it would have mm. to be a, an occasion for me to want to go out and enjoy, you know, I, as much as I want to get back in the pub and see my mates and feel that that again on a Friday, I don't think it's going to yeah. be like a weekly occurrence for me anymore.
0: No, I, I think you're um, you're quite similar to me where you're quite happy being an introvert, but you're very extroverted as well. So it's like you, yeah. you can happily take or leave. And I was really worried about what lockdown was going to do to me. I was like, quite you know, I really enjoy being around people. What's that yeah. going to do? How am I going to be able to get through it? Um, but in reality, I had you guys, so it's easy for me to k- still have that outlet. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah I can put more energy into this, this will work. So it kind of went well. Um, all right, so we've got maybe like 10 minutes left before we've got to go. Well, you've got to go and play Monster Hunter because I'm not through the fucking tutorial yet, which is you, Yeah, mate,
1: like rush, rush for it and come in with us. We'll carry you up.
0: Cheers, uh, oh, mate. Thank you. Carry me. Um, I don't like the idea of that. Um, but <laughs> talk to me a little bit more about like gaming ambitions just to round this off because. Like, is it something you would take seriously as a career? Because I get the feeling like out of the most of us, or the rest of us, I should say, you're probably like up there with Nate and Ethan in terms of like the quality of the output that you've got. Oh, thank you, mate. I still think you're trying to find your your kind of like home, um, not necessarily home, I think it's probably the wrong word yeah. for it, your groove in terms of what yeah, type yeah, of content yeah. you want okay. to make. Um, but I think once you have found that, it's evident to most of us in there. Uh, ben and I were talking about it the other night that you're probably the, yeah, definitely up there with like the most talented people that we know in terms of games right, really creation and articulation, having a voice. But what's like the next year or two look like for you? You know what you're trying to get to.
1: I've always, I mean, it's always something I've wanted to do. Whenever I've sort of like thought about what is it that I wanted to do. For years, it's a lot of its time. It's always been like oh, I want to be like a, a games journalist, you know. Yeah. I wanted to write about games, and um I wanted to be able to voice my opinion on things, but also, you know, share news and be a part of that that culture of speaking with people and, and talking about games, which I do. You know, I, I very enjoy doing it, very much enjoy doing it. But I also am aware that it's something that maybe doesn't pay the bills as well as, as some things do. You know, I, I have always struggled with money and um, until recently, I've always struggled with money. You know, I've always, you know, there was a, mm. there was a period, there was about a year period where a friend of me, a friend of mine, um, a friend and me even, should say, he would get paid halfway through the month I get paid at the end of the month and I give him 200 quid when I get paid and he give me 200 quid when he got paid and there was just 200 <laughs> quid moving between us constantly because, you know, I just could never you know do it. Um, and love you, Ryan, if you're listening or watching whatever. Um, He's already messaged when, a couple of times
0: saying uh, oh, his last message was, Max makes a bang in mac and cheese.
1: <laughs> I do. I really do. I really <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> he remembers that, actually. Um, and because of that, I've always thought that whatever I do would have to, you know, I couldn't take a cut in pay. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't risk moving what I'm doing to try something new, because if I'm struggling enough as it is, how am I going to, you know, handle it? And even now, even though I'm a bit more financially stable, mostly because of COVID, I'd say. Um, and you know, I have aspirations now. I want to buy a house. I want to be able to save for the future. You know, I'm probably going to need to get a new car in the next year or two, maybe, because you know, mm. mine's getting a little bit older now. Maybe that whenever I've thought, whenever I've seen jobs that have come up, so I saw a job at IGN or, or a game at like maybe Gaming Bible or wherever, wherever I've seen a job that come up, I'm like, I could do that. I always yeah. have to then stop myself and think, can I afford to do that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so for me, it's always been a, a hobby, and you know what? To be honest, I feel like I've had far more enriching experiences doing it as a hobby, doing things mm. with you guys, you know, doing things with loot Pops, being able to speak to the people that I've spoken to and been lucky enough to work with and engage with, and um, you know, just talk to. I guess I felt very lucky doing that as as just someone that does it as a hobby, and. I don't know if turning that into a career would maybe sour that for me sometimes as well. Mm. Um, I think if I if I if I had a how am I gonna how do I put this without sounding materialistic? <laughs> if I could do if I could do the things that I like doing, like if I could write about games but get paid what I'm being paid now, I think I would do it. But I don't think that's realistic. Um, and also I, I think that I'd have to start again. I'm currently in a position where I I'm in a management role you know, in, a, in a sort of a content SEO position um, learning the ropes I guess from the beginning of like project management because I want to you know, look at all these projects all these ideas that I need to start wrangling down and turning into real products and real real things that are tangible things that exist and I feel like if I was to sort of go back and take a junior copywriting position at a games place because I don't have the kind of experience that maybe I don't know, I've got a lot of, there's a lot of my words floating around on the internet Hmm. On on your site, our site, on Loop Pots, um, soon to be other places. You know, that um, it's not like it's not like I wouldn't have um, trouble getting in somewhere like that. But I do think as well, a lot of my my skills and my experience probably isn't as transferable in terms of like having in PR people to speak to, because um, a lot of these jobs want you to come with relationships with PR people and industry people yeah. ready to go. You know, it's not it's not a case that you can come into a management or an editor position mm. and then pick those skills up those are skills you have to pick up in a intern position and then take with you And then you take those contacts and that with you wherever you go um at least that's my understanding of it in the job roles that i've seen before and i think that, that can be quite daunting what about you if you is it the sort of thing you've ever thought of? i know because you're obviously big project manager big 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 man
0: yeah, um, not yet to the big man part. I mean, I'm I'm still learning. I've only been doing this role for like two years, and before that, it was like head of departments and looking after like teams like thirty odd people, twenty odd people. I was like the fixer, <laughs> not in like a yeah. kill people, but um, <laughs> the fix that I go into teams and like look after them and try and figure out what was going wrong from a process perspective because mm-hmm. the analytical side of it really interests me. Um, and I'm I'm a big believer in that. You need to have process first before you start bringing people into the mix because then. Uh, it can get quite messy, you need to define exactly what the structure is uh, I actually devised something, have you have ever heard Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, which is that triangle? you ever seen it?
1: No, probably not, but describe you it, because I think I might s- come up with something recently that's very similar Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you have, you're a genius But basically it's just like the uh, the hierarchy needs, have a Google a bit. you like it but uh, uh, basically at the below it's all like food, shelter, warmth Oh, okay,
1: no, this isn't what I thought it was I thought it was
0: specifically work related, sorry, go on no, oh, yeah. So it's like this kind of thing, and then it goes all the way up. And basically, the very base is what you need to be able to live like happily. And then it gets as you go up the hierarchy needs. It's like the kind of upper echelons of life until you, you the know, kind of get the most of, the most out of it that you need. But I came up with like the downward pyramid of management, which is like a pyramid on its upside, <laughs> so it's facing downwards. And the very bottom part is empathy. So I've always okay. said like the key kind of skill attribute that any manager should have is empathy. And if you can see people that don't have it and they're in a management role, they're not going to be good at their jobs. So yeah, my kind of job's always been to identify what's wrong, figure it out with empathy and then drive it forward. Like Ben always wrote me for saying altruism, but to be unselfish in the way that you operate is quite rare. Yeah. Um, I put my hand up a lot and it's actually done very, very well for me. So yeah project management's a little bit different because if you put your hand up too much you get over encumbered very very quickly so it's, it's tough but the principles of agile and the principles of um good leadership and good ownership tend to see you through um and that organization like you you have to at half five every day whatever time you clock off if you're not doing those five minutes of lists call it what you want use whatever fucking system you need to do whether it's trello whether it's monday jira you need to be making the list of what you need to be able to accomplish the next day and then whether or not you time box that or whether or not you you bounce from meeting to meeting and get those things done in between. Um that's your prerogative. But yeah. It's a smart way of doing no way.
1: it, I guess. I always mean, I always I mean my way of doing it is the next morning I will then what did I do yesterday, what did I do because that's how we've been you know, um doing it in terms of a, a stand up or a sprint or whatever. I think the, the good idea maybe is at the end of the day, instead sort of think trying to remember what I did and and then think of what to do, it's a case of what did I do today? Because I've just done it. What did I yeah. achieve? What didn't I achieve? And then what should I what should I be achieving? Like because mm. that's I mean I've, I keep trying to come up with these stupid ideas where where I've sort of become you know entered into a management role with very minimal management experience. You know we we, mm. we very quickly went from just being a team of three to. Hiring three or four people, absorbing a team from Kiev underneath, and then all of a sudden, my job went from like my boss, me, um, and then my mate Ian, who I work with, to yeah. being me, if, you know, that that that, and then like four people down here, underneath, three people under yeah, him, yeah. and I very quickly had to just, like come up with ideas. Luckily, these are people that were fresh out of uni and didn't mm. know what bad management looks like because at the very you know at the start, <laughs> what I was about what, so the the pyramid thing? Came up with an idea of a job pyramid um which okay. is where you where you write down the job role for someone but you break it down in a foundation what what are the things you're going to be doing all the, uh, all the time yeah. and then like you go up in like what are the jobs going to be and that was going to be how I was going to pitch to these people what their role was going to be from day to day here's your here's your foundation jobs here's the everyday and it's the the less frequently you do the job the higher up the pyramid mm-hmm. it goes and it just fucking sucked it just mm-hmm. was not it was not something that worked at all it, to, I I i spent ages trying to make it work because it sounded good in my head job pyramid that sounds it sounds like a great idea because it's you know foundations and then you go oh, it's great that's a pyramid and then it just ended up being shit so i ended up just fucking writing a list of everything in it and the list worked you know There's this nothing worked, wrong man. with a good list nothing wrong with a good list sometimes
0: no lists work i think um i'll always talk about like soph and the way that she operates because she's had to run like restaurants and I devised it, <laughs> It's similar to your pyramid idea, but I called it simple standards. So like she had really simple standards and it, it's, I know, not in a derogatory way, but the things that she kind of held core to her being a good person and a good mm-hmm. employee just to make sure that things were cleaned, make sure she was timely, presentable, really simple standards. And I think if you can communicate that as a leader to the people that you're working with, so whether it's the three people that then have got eight people underneath them if you've got really simple explanation of what you want them to be able to achieve and you can write it on one page, that's perfect. Gets any more complicated than that, then it's when it's uh, it's hard to manage. Because really, fundamentally, every single week, you know what their tasks are. You know what their kind of day to day is going to be. What's BAU, what isn't all these wonderful...
1: Bottom of the pyramid.
0: Bottom of the pyramid. Um, you know, and then you work it all the way back up until the things that they're doing, you know, very rarely, which is uh, pissing you off, that kind of stuff. That's so it's, right. it's it's no different. And I think if you apply that to, you need to have talented managers underneath you. And you need to have, if you're not technical, there need to be people that are very technical in certain areas to kind of fulfill that role. You're never yeah. going to be the best at everything. You're never going to understand everything. But ultimately, if you've got a group of people that you're galvanized, uh, you know, and you're working alongside, then that tends to be the, a good foundation for success. And give your people fucking credit. That's one thing that not many people do. You know, if that person's doing a good job um, and you're reporting into your line manager, whoever it might be, your board, shareholders, stakeholders, whatever, make sure that person's first and foremost on the email and called out because, again, it gets appreciated. And, and that's legacy, man. You know, the people talk about you when you're dead and turn up at your funeral for that type of shit. That's more important to me.
1: What Ben said last week or two weeks ago about wanting to feel praise, doing something and wanting someone to praise you for doing it. I'm also the same in that I do something and... I'm proud of something and, and I like it for someone mm-hmm. to then say that I did a good job and I, because I like that, whenever something uh, is completed or something that come, happens at work, that I ask them to do something and they come back with something that I think, yeah, this is up to my standards or, or surpasses my standards of how I would do things. Because I th- I, mean, I did a very good job of managing the, the one site on my own for however long I did it for and now we've got two sites and two people and so in my head, they should be able to do everything I did. And more so because there's two of them to sort of like yeah. share some of the load kind of thing. So when something comes back that I think that is that is worth pointing out, I'll go on the Slack, into the general chat and I'll just say, "Here's a piece of work worth reading. This person did it. Good job. Everyone have a read and let them know what they think." And I think it's good to, that people feel appreciated. And mm. I don't I don't want to be the kind of manager that you know I've had managers in the past. Not, you know, I had a manager very recently where um, the Slack noise would. Make my heart drop because it's like, what have mm. I done now? Well, what have I not done now? What have I missed out on? And after I had an appraisal recently, where I spoke to one of the employees, and I said that to them, like, you know, I, I have had that feeling of the Slack noise going off, and she was like, "Oh, I sometimes get that and think it's going to be you." And I'm like, "I don't. I never want that. I never want that to be."
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I've never told anyone off. My my manager always tells me I'm too nice and that I need to be harsh mm. on them. I'm like, nah. I like, mm. if I'm just a dickhead, they're not going to want to do anything. If I'm nice then they're gonna, I'm going to get work out of them. And there have been times where I've been sort of like not as nice where i'm like this needs to be fixed this isn't right but i don't want to be one of those people who's always like that like, oh, you know mm. um and so it's good to you know i'd like managers who are like that to me who praise people instead of the opposite almost the opposite of praise anti-praise <laughs> <I'm quite laughs> <good>.
0: um <laughs> yeah it works and uh, i think you again you generate that culture of people that want to run through brick walls instead of throw you at them you know, it's mm-hmm. that, and people are happy to be called out for things that they've done wrong. Hundred percent happy. It's very, you know, maybe one percent of people that I've managed in the, in the past where they reacted poorly to it, but they're genuinely talented and applied in the right way, and they want to mm-hmm. progress in the right way, and they've got all the wonderful qualities that we've spoken about. Um, they'll take that criticism well, and it will mean that they push that a little bit harder. Uh, however, delivery is everything, and I, I, may, I, I get it wrong regularly, and my team tell me the one-to-one question I've got. Uh, every quarter I do with the guys is like, what could I do better as a manager at this point? And twice, you know, two of the, the guys that I really respect turned around to me and went, you know, the criticism you delivered—you can tell sometimes when you're you're having a bad day. And I was like, you know what? It's one of the things I've always said I don't want to be doing is is dripping that down. If bad men are having a rough day and getting pushed hard, I don't want them to feel it. So I was like, I've got got to figure that out and change it. So it's good that you're mindful, and uh, I've always avoided asking your age. From a purposeful, uh, purposeful perspective, but how old are you?
1: Twenty-seven.
0: Twenty-seven. So you got hmm. six years on me, and you're probably conscious of the same things that I was. So well, it's, pitch, it's good.
1: picture yourself. Picture yourself at twenty-seven. Were you as annoying as me?
0: Yes. Probably good. more annoying. Okay, yeah. well, I'm on the right track then. If
1: anything, as long as if I could, if I could, uh, if I could be the kind of person you are at your age, which is old, then uh, I'd probably <laughs> be happy with where I am. You know?
0: I'd take that mate I appreciate the uh, the compliment although albeit backhanded which is like, that wasn't backhanded kind of kinda was a little bit
1: I oh, could they call you old actually so yeah
0: maybe it was you called me old so, so it was kind of a bit but I appreciate the sentiment anyway um, <laughs> Or mate I love you to bits like I've never met you in person which is weird um, I can't wait for the moment for this pandemic to kind of fuck off so yeah. we can all meet up specifically like yourself and a couple of the guys like, I can't wait to bring you to Liverpool and kind of show you around and um have that kind of moment here as well it's really important to me that i love my city and uh hemel doesn't seem to have the same uh, re- was, reference do
1: you know i was just <laughs> about i was literally just about to say um as long as i never have to come to liverpool i'll be glad to meet you but, oh, right, you're say that. <laughs> but do you know what change my mind now
0: you know what? i want to um, see this i want to see this posh this tarty town full of indie kids that's where i want to go yeah you'll love it I think you'll love it on the side. And, um, there's a a bub called the Swan, which is heavy metal. So I'll uh, I'll drag Excellent. you down there and I'll make sure yeah, that you yeah, enjoy I'll it. Check that out. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, mate, I've got a whole huge amount of respect for for who you are as a person, and I'm absolutely chuffed that you you joined the group and I'm, I'm made up as well to call you mate. And I think mate, all I the the, same. the kind of shit that you've gone through um, the last year, the the strength that you've shown through it's been something that I found inspirational at times, and the the work that you and I. I think put in for November as well. Um, that's I mean, always going to be
1: a highlight, I think, for for me. Yeah. Like that is, you know, it was all very new. I think, like when when yeah, we sort yeah. of started off, and I was very glad that you reached out because you were right that we we do have like a similar sense of humour and, hmm. you know, you guys are also on a better schedule than Luke Potts, so you know that's another thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but what am i trying to say, uh, but yeah like that is that would always stand out as like a highlight of things you know the the first podcast was always fine but like that mm. month where we did a couple of podcasts but then we also did the main that, that, that week at the end or the weekend at the end when we did the mm. series of streams we got hammered we we played Mario Kart with random people we you know we did all that good stuff and we raised a fuckload of money for a good cause that's something I'm always going to be proud of and you know I'm just glad that I got to do it with, with you guys and uh, that, that I was invited in to, to be
0: able to do that I guess in the first place so yeah I know well you're not going anywhere not letting you um, nah, regardless of how high rest. you fly or how tired you are you're still getting dragged into the podcast and <laughs> again, now just so I can rinse you uh, it's but look mate let's go, and, um, let's, go let's go and let's go play Monster let's go and chill out and do this but thank you for joining me I really appreciate mate, thanks it thanks
1: for having me on this has been a good uh, good episode of, of just talking
0: yeah I know and I, I haven't had to make to...
1: I haven't had to make one joke at your expense so that's been nice
0: we haven't said nonce yet which I think is probably the, the longest we've actually been talking and not mentioned that at some point so <laughs> there we go Broken the duck. Uh, so we got Heard him Say" by Kanye as well. That's playing as well.
1: Yeah, it's a good song.
0: What made you pick that? One.
1: Um, I think it's one of the nicer Kanye West songs. Not not the better Kanye West songs. The nice like it just has Adam Levine doing his lovely bit, and there's a nice like piano going into it, and it's got the beat, and it's got the lyrics. I just think it's one of those. When I think of a good Kanye West song, I think of this song. And Kanye West is my favorite musician of all time. Um, yeah. Which I didn't get to say at the start because we were keeping the keep. We weren't saying I hadn't say it was picked. But yeah, Kanye West is my favorite musician of all time. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy is my favorite album of all time. Okay. This isn't on that album, but this is one of the best Kanye West songs. That my favorite Kanye West songs for for a general audience, I guess. Because there's some stuff that I think's weird and that I think's like just for me, you know, that I enjoy, but you couldn't yeah. play on, you couldn't couldn't play it in the office kind of thing. But this, I think, is just a wonderful song. And I like. Uh, it reminds me of when Maroon Five were good as well, which was uh, which is a nice memory.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good memory. Before Adam Levine took it uh, took it a little too seriously.
1: Yeah, <laughs> give me give me give me songs about Jane again, and I'll be happy.
0: Yeah, man, she will be loved. Um, well, you'll be loved, and thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, that sounds you, far too official for what we do normally, but um, no, I do appreciate <laughs> it, mate. And thank you for for spending Saturday evening with me.
1: Mate, it's a pleasure. If I could spend every Saturday evening with you, I could.
0: I'll hold you to that, you liar. Right, here we go. Where's the song? <laughs> I'm gonna play it right now. It's gonna come and here we go. Fade it in. Ooh, ooh, cheers, Max.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I heard him say, Nothing's ever promised tomorrow today
0: from like Tim is the hard away So this is in